Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
Good evening, citizens of Earth. Welcome, humans. I merely tell you that the future of your planet is at stake. We have to ask you to try to stay calm, and it's important for everyone not to panic. I am authorized to assure you that so far there is no reasonable cause for alarm. We work for a highly funded yet unofficial government agency. Our mission is to monitor extraterrestrial activity on Earth. We are the men in black. You know what the difference is between you and me? I make this look good. It's awesome, baby! What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Y'all can get louder than that. Get on your feet out there. That's what I'm talking about. How y'all doing tonight? This is Coach Kyrie, and you are now rocking with the best. This is OriginalNativeRadio.com. Holla. Woo! And you couldn't have picked a better thing to do with your 8 o'clock on Thursday night and to join us. Look how many lives we're saving and how many babies we're going to get made and all the love that we're bringing up in here and all the healing that we're doing versus everybody else. We're going directly at the throats of prime time. People paying millions and millions of dollars to get your attention and watch their show at 8 o'clock on NBC, ABC, and Fox. And what did you do? You chose Original Native Radio. That's all my live listeners. For for those thousands and thousands of people who are downloading this show, though, boy, I got to give y'all a, a, a big-time one-ups. It's awesome, baby! Y'all are on this show right here. Like, we're giving away free money. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you for your support. And all of everybody who's just, like, downloading, like, I think last week, that was our first week, that was our second week in a row of doing over a 1,000 downloads in one week. So wherever y'all coming from, stay with it because you know we got that special for you. We um, also have some announcements coming up about where you can catch Master Yah Morris and Coach Kair. Originally, you can catch us on September 9th in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Winston-Salem, North Carolina. If you go over to relaxationisthekey.com, as soon as you go on there, you'll see the flyer. Yao Morris and Kaya will be doing a tantric lifestyle workshop in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and it's going to be going down like no other. Phew! It's going to be beautiful. And then the very next week, you know, I would go ahead and do that announcement myself, but I know better. And I said, let me bring on some tantric voices up in this place. Uh, y'all's going to be down in Houston, Texas, but let me get something a little sexier to tune y'all in, to zoom y'all into that. Put your hands together for Nikisha. <laughs> peace, 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 family. How are y'all doing tonight? All is well. How you feeling tonight, baby? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good. I'm glad to be on here with Coach Kyrie and Master Yao and to make this beautiful announcement. Well, let us know, you know what I'm saying, the date, the time, the place, you know, what they need to do to get there. You know, let it be known. 
I definitely will. So, you know, Master Yow's been all on the East Coast, all in the Midwest, a little bit over there on your side, a little bit up there in Atlanta. So we're about to bring him to the third coast, okay? We're about to bring him to Texas where they do everything big. So if you think you went to a meet and greet and you heard about it in Baltimore, you heard about it in Atlanta, you haven't heard about it until you heard what's going to go down September the 14th. 2012 from 7:30 to 11 p.m. here in Houston, Texas, at 4812 Almeda. Okay, here in the heart of Texas, we're gonna be in the heart of Midtown Third Ward, Texas, with Master Yao doing his tantric meet and greet. And like I said, if you've heard people talk about it, rave the controversy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, trust and know that it's gonna be bigger and better here in Houston, Texas. So if anyone wants to get information, they can contact me at rootworksinternational at gmail.com. Or if you are a friend of Coach Kair or myself, Nikisha Sanders, or Master Yao, you can go straight to our pages and see a link for the event for uh, Houston. And it's a link straight to the event, right? So all you have to do is just click on the link and get the information. And if you want to contact me by phone, you can contact me at 832 434-7428. Four three four seven four two eight. Once again, that's eight three two four three four seven four two eight. If you're in the Houston, Texas area, if you're in Austin, if you're in Dallas, if you're in Fort Worth, if you're in Louisiana, New Orleans, Lafayette, come on down, Beaumont. Come on down. We'll make sure we'll take care of you so you can have this experience. Ooh, Beaumont, Louisiana, New Orleans. You're taking them all? To come, they can come from Dallas, too? What about Austin, Texas? Can they come from Austin, too? Oh, yeah. They can definitely come. All I have to do is give me a call. We're going to make sure we're going to get them where they need to be so they can have their face in the place. Mmm. There it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Don't hesitate. Participate. That's September the 14th. That's on a Friday. A good Friday, too. So y'all going to be down there getting on the good foot, I'd imagine. Hmm, you already know how we do it. We want to know about, is it going to be any fine women like it's going to be in Winston-Salem, though? Because like, we got this thing going on, like what's happening up in uh, Charlotte and uh, in Winston-Salem. Like The ladies is already talking about, and the men about who got the fine ones, you know what I'm saying? So I know you're talking about y'all got some big things in Texas. What do you got to say about you know what's going to be up in the place um, on the 14th? Okay, you know, looks are good, and we definitely have that down here. Like I said, everything is big in Texas. But one thing you have to know about sisters from Texas, we got real down-home hospitality. Brother can get them a good meal cooked, something smothered, something with a little gravy on it, something on the side. See, my thing is is that I'm not disrespecting my sisters from Baltimore or from Atlanta, but we got that real southern hospitality that they're not used to. (laughs) Whoa. This is a dream come true. Go see what y'all got to say about this. Y'all put y'all hands together for Master Yaw Morris. He's going to be the one to let me know about this stuff. Let me go get Big Homie. Big Homie, what's going on, uh, Master Yaw? Good night, good evening. I want to welcome the audience and thank them for for tuning in and listening every week. I really, really appreciate it. And I appreciate you, Coach Kyrie. And that, that woman, Nakisha, I don't know what to say about her. (laughs) <laughs> now, she's not only fine, uh, a, a young man down in Houston says she's intelligent too. That's that's the story I got. That's the story I got. He, I, you know. Oh, I co-sign that. I co I can co-sign that from North Carolina. 
appreciate you. Appreciate you most definitely. All right, thank you, baby. I'm gonna just put you back on mute. We're gonna go ahead and get this ball started tonight. We got this is a this is a big show tonight, everybody, because we're talking about fibroids and prostrate. So I know uh, Nikisha, you got some of your friends that probably need to be tuning in um, about this important matter for tonight. Most definitely. All right, thank you, baby. Thank you. All right, y'all. You done had two good nights. I mean, we've been we had a whole week to get ready to come over here and bring this information about these fibroids in the prostrate. And then I stopped you off at the watering hole on Tuesday night to let you and Dr. Nardi chop it up um, up, under the, up under the microscope in the laboratory. If any of you missed the show on Tuesday night, Master Yao had on his white uh, jacket and he had on his uh, big goggles and him and Dr. Nardi was just over there just going in just scientifically. But they was giggling like two schoolmates. So, y'all, if you want to give anybody some feedback or, you know, uh, the kind of fun that you had over there with your white lab coat on Tuesday and then lead us into why you felt that that was important in order to bring this information about the prostrate and the fibroids into tonight's talk in the Tower of Tantra. Thank you, Coach. I, I have a lot of respect for people who do not rest on their laurels Oh, uh, y'all, can you speak up just a little bit? You're like a little far yes. from the phone. Yes, I, I have a lot of respect for people who do not sit around on their butt, but get out here and do some research and get some knowledge that help people live better. So I have uh, give a big shout-out to Dr. You know, Notley and all of those people in his crew who are doing the symptometry thing. Uh, I just want to give a big shout-out to them. This uh, topic... I was slow on the horn, my fault. I was slow on it. You caught me off guard. <laughs> this topic of, uh, you know, you know, we're really we're talking about sex. And, um, you know, in Baltimore, Washington, D.C., I used to go to Houston. I used to ship out on the Merchant Marine. And one of the major ports on the, uh, in the United States is Houston. So I used to spend time in Houston on a regular as I was waiting for ships, and we used to go to all the clubs and hotels and the spots, the barbershops, and talk. And, yes, they, they got a lot of fine women down there in Houston, too. But here's the thing. You look at all of these brothers out here, and we got some some brothers that looking good, look built in the gym, lifting weights. I used to work out with, with some of the police officers in D.C., and, um, you see the brother pumping iron, looking healthy as heck, and then he pull you to the corner and say, you know, what kind of herbs you got for me, you know, for down there? And, you know, basically you get in the car, ride with the brother for about 10 minutes, and the conversation is, you know, on the down low, it's like, you know, I'm 35 to 40, and it's just not happening like I want, like I thought it was going to happen. You, you see brothers on the outside very confident, whatever, but stuff ha- starts happening to them when they get older, when they live that strenuous lifestyle, and they don't really know what to do with that. They don't reach out and talk. They don't talk about it. And the barbershop, when the conversation comes up, it's one guy talking, everybody else is hushed up. The same thing. You go to the salon with the women, and they're talking about stuff, and they're talking about fibroids, but 
they're not talking about how to fix it. The conversation is about, well, so-and-so just had a hysterectomy, and so-and-so, the doctor told her this, but they don't have the solution. So tonight we want to get into some of these solutions and also to talk about the, the fact that so many people of all races, of all ages, are struggling with these issues and, you know, science has come up with some stuff, but the reality is that we are still not using the alternative methods to their highest extent. We should and, and definitely can take advantage of some of these sciences and some of these alternative traditions to have a better quality of life. That's what we're talking about. Returning to the original self, returning to a natural life, returning to our highest potential, our highest and best self. And, you know, if you've got health issues, Tantra is good. But if you've got health issues, uh, it, it, it does a lot of stuff to us. Right now, today, you have a bunch of men out here, got jobs, got cars, got brand new cell phones, but really are just like not really knowing what's going to happen the next time they make love because their prostate's all jacked up. Uh, you know, we, we, we suspect that a lot of the men 30 and over are having this issue, but even men 21 and older are starting to have the issue. And they don't want to talk about it, and we've got to get past that. Uh, women who've got the issues with fibroids, it's just an epidemic. And the, the talk is really not addressing the natural side of it. We need to really wake up and start applying some of this stuff in such a way that the quality of our life goes up. Because basically, you've got, you got some women who don't even pursue certain types of sexual relationships because they are afraid of how they're going to react, how they're going to respond. And they know they've got these issues, they've got these problems. And, I mean, you see them in the clubs and whatever, looking good as heck. But they're talking a lot of stuff, they're uh, holding back, they're not really um, moving through life the way they really want to move through life. And the men think that, you know, these women are being coy, teasing, or just being hard to get along with. But in, in many, many cases, a woman's got internal issues she's dealing with, and she's been dealing with them, and she feels like if she tells somebody, the man's not going to understand. In many cases, they don't. And it's like they're not really getting out there and acting the way that they really want to act because they're afraid that their health, their reproductive health, is going to get in the way. So I cannot emphasize too much how important this topic is. So tonight we're going to talk about how the Tower of Tantra, the Tower, the core spiritual body, plays a role in this whole fibroid piece and this whole prostate piece. Are we ready? Oh, absolutely. Let's get it. We Come on, man. We're born ready. We stay ready. Let's go on into it then. First thing, why do we get fibroids? What is the cause of them? And what I'm going to say is one aspect of it. 
I'm really coming from the energetic, emotional aspect more so than the physical. I'm going to touch on the physical some too. But I want to say that most people have a little bit of information about how they come about physically, very little information about how it comes about for real, the whole picture. Because half of the problem is physical, the other half of the problem is energetic. Now, uh, no doubt, as was, was discussed on Tuesday, diet is a critical part of it. But the first thing that happens, the first thing that happens that sets the female up to start developing fibroids is spiritual. It's energetic. It's an energy piece. And it comes about because the female does not bring into her spirit her entire DNA profile. In other words, when she goes through puberty, she starts to wake up a whole other set of DNA attributes called the Master Feminine. That's why we get the title of the book, Awakening the Master Feminine. She comes up with, she starts to bring another part of her online. Her body changes. She starts to develop her reproductive organs. And this cycle of puberty that we talk about in the vast majority of women is not completed when she's a teenager. That is the start of the problem. So we have these four archetypes of the woman, the elegant rose, the moon, the seated hawk, and the treasure chest. We've spoken about them before. And if all four of these energy archetypes come online, in other words, if these aspects in the DNA are brought online successfully, it's doubtful that the woman will develop fibroids, but they are not. Because what, what happens when a young woman is, is, is a teenager, all of the things that nature has designed her to do, have babies, make love and have pleasure making love, have money to develop her community, her family, and be able to do her right-wing intuitive functions of trance, uh, her spiritual attributes, whatever they might be, all of these things are discouraged in women today. So that the young girl is told, don't wear that dress. Don't act sexy. Watch out for these young boys. Uh, you know, you need to go to college and do all of this stuff and get a job, but they don't really teach her the real dynamics of manifesting money through her energy. And when she starts having uh, visions and she starts having uh, psychic abilities come online, they are discouraged. This is the beginning of the fibroid pattern. The next thing that happens is we talk about the womb imprint. We've spoken of this before. I'm just going to review again tonight what the womb imprint is and why it is so important. So if a woman has a physical womb, the uterus, cervix, tubes, her um, ovaries, her vagina, the clitoris and the connected ganglia and things associated, the nerve uh, plexuses that are connected to the G-spot, her anus, her breast, all of these things are connected together in reflexology zone, and this is what is called her reproductive system. However, 
there is also an energetic counterpart which operates and controls these systems. Just like you in a computer, you have hardware. Her body is like the hardware. Then you have software. Her energetic com- components are the software. So this energetic womb that we talk about, this energy womb, is what's operating the physical womb and the physical reproductive system. Therefore, when the woman comes online, this womb, this energetic womb, begins to develop her. And what does it do? The first thing that when the woman is uh, 12, 13, 14, her womb sends an impulse into her so that she seeks out what we call the alpha male. And the first thing that a young girl wants to do is she wants to be penetrated by an alpha male. This is a primal instinct. As soon as the woman has gone through the menstrual cycle for a period of time, as soon as she starts having sexual impulses, <coughs> that's the first. This is what she desires. And we don't understand it. Why does it happen? It happens because <coughs> her womb is not just developing her to be a female in general. <coughs> it's trying to develop her into a woman who is compatible to the local men, the specific men that she has to interact with. Excuse me. Let me get me a drink. I'm sorry. Excuse me. So basically the woman has this drive when she's a young girl to be penetrated by the alpha male. Unfortunately, what actually happens in real life is the first three men she makes love to, their energy imprints her womb. In other words, her womb designs her to fit the first three men that she makes love to. And this takes place irregardless of what her level of maturity is so that if she's raped, it still happens. If she's molested, if the first time is uh, consensual, but these men are not mature, and you can imagine most 15-year-old boys are not, then the womb imprint that develops is often dysfunctional. So basically, this young girl, once she has sex with three men, she develops a program in her energetic womb that tells her what type of man she's going to be attracted to, what type of man she's going to broadcast to attract to her, and what type of situations are going to stimulate her sexually. And this lasts for the remainder of her life unless she changes this dynamic. And if this womb imprint is dysfunctional, in other words, if these first three men have some pretty jacked-up energetic profile or some pretty jacked-up behavior patterns, then the woman is going to be attracted to her situations that she's not really going to want to deal with. She's always going to be attracting men who are not good for her, always attracting and, and being attracted to men who don't mean her well, 
who may be abusive to her, she's always going to be attracting and interacting with men whose energy is disrupting her reproductive system. And as a consequence of this, she develops a negative attitude toward men. This is the cause of fibroids. The cause of fibroids is that energetically, the woman is attracted to, attracting, and engaging men, and the energy dynamic, the energy signature that's resulting from this is counter to, opposed to, and disruptive to her natal template, her natal body, her natal spirit, her core spirit. And therefore, the woman's going through life, she becomes an adult, and she's interacting with men in such a way that it's not in alignment to her, her natural, her first energy, her original energy. And she develops this attitude that is negative, that does not validate men, that does not support men. And this can range from women who are bisexual to women who really are adore men but can't bring themselves to be receptive to sexual uh, interaction with these men. And as a consequence of this, her creative energy is misaligned so that what she's naturally built to do, she's not doing, doesn't want to do, and doesn't believe that men can interact with her that way. And over time, over a period of years, her energy of creation does not go to manifesting the things that she wants in life, to attracting the men that she wants in life, to making babies who are healthy, but it begins to create faulty embryos. A fibroid is a faulty embryo. It is a mis-embryo. It is a corrupt fetus. It is an unorganized fetus. So that it's not like a tumor that comes about from cancer. It's a tumor that comes about because the fibers in her uterus are disrupted, disorganized. If the, if the fibroid becomes large enough, say the size of a half dollar or bigger, and you take it out and cut it open, you will see that it contains teeth, hair, bone material, organ tissue, muscle tissue, everything that you can find in a normal fetus, a normal embryo, except it's all mixed up unorganized. And this is a reflection energetically of the fact that her womb imprint is abnormal, unnatural, and her attitude towards men and towards sexual life in general is abnormal and unnatural and does not fit her natal pattern. Therefore, we see that you have two things happening. Her creative energy, her kundalini, her sexual energy, is always trying to create something. It can create circumstances. It can attract men to her. It can create a baby. It can manifest money. It can manifest spiritual power, 
spiritual enlightenment. But when it's off track, it goes to try to create something abnormal. Now, if in the presence of this energy template, she starts eating the wrong things, especially things like corn syrup, meats that have a growth hormone introduced, such as chicken that has abnormal growth hormone, if she starts eating things that contain large amounts of free radicals, if her sexual juices are held up, suppressed, because in sex she does not orgasm, then all of these things distill and conjugate in her uterus and begin to attach themselves to this disruptive, dysfunctional template, and the result is a tumor, a fibroid tumor, a tumor that is built out of fibers, endometrium fibers, that are disrupted, that are corrupted. So, in, re in, in reverse, we start out with a womb imprint that's not correct. We start out with a DNA pattern where her DNA is not brought online but suppressed. And so she is not operating with all of her DNA active. She has an attitude toward men that is unnatural. We're not saying it's bad or good. We're just saying that it does not match what she was naturally designed to do as a woman. The result is fibroid tumors. And these things grow to the extent that she takes in toxins that can be used to build it. So how do we get rid of them? The first step in getting rid of fibroid tumors is to change the energy signature, to change the womb imprint. The second way that we uh, stop fibroid tumors is to stop consuming the foods and substances that are used in its construction. Then the third and final method is to administer energy and medicine, holistic or otherwise, that allow these things to be broken up and to be eliminated out of her body. And this normally happens during her menstrual flow. So I'm going to stop there for a second. And, and, and Coach Kaya, if you want to interject something or take a couple of questions, we can do that. Otherwise, I can proceed. What's the lines are open right now, 347-205-9089. If you're already listening in on the queue, you can press 1 if you have a comment, question, or some feedback. Um, you know, when I hear when I hear the, these these lessons and how and how profoundly you put them, I just keep thinking like the the, the thing throbbing in my head is the counterfeit personality is the world champ. The counterfeit personality is the world champ. But the world champ has supporters. Even if you don't like the bad guy, he's got a team. And the counterfeit personality, his number one team players are these negative energies, these negative thoughts, you know, this this negativity. And um, I just, I'm just over here, you know, just nodding my head. I'm just really enjoying the show tonight. I'm kind of just in the um, in the passenger seat, 
just picking up, you know, where is that? I know that the nurturing, these brothers are going to have to learn to be um, more patient, but these women are going to have to learn to be happy. I'm going to share the jewel I got from my spiritual mother, one of my spiritual mothers, Sister Myra, and it's tantric in nature. The happier I am, the happier I get. I'm going to say it one more time. The happier I get, happier I am, the happier I get. And it's got something to do with meditation, loving yourself in spite of. I just always keep coming up the words. In, don't don't find a don't find a reason to complain. I was talking to one of my big homies last night. He said, "Oh, I agree with ninety percent of what somebody said, but the ten percent. Oh my God! Oh my God! Ladies, don't be like him. Don't be like that. Celebrate the ninety percent. Why are you trying to blow up the ten percent? You know, you got a man, or you see a situation. Find the good in it. That's what the word Namaste means, or Namaskar for Southern India. It's all about finding the best and the quality." and seeing God in everything. When you got fibroids, I can tell you got negativity, so that means I can tell you're not that close to God. And there's nothing in Tantra that takes you away from God. It gets you closer so you can see the face of God, whether it's during an orgasm, whether it's walking around in the day. This is the lifestyle. And I'm so glad that you brought the subject up because it shows you that things that you do outside of the bedroom in your lifestyle depend on or, or or can have criteria to say how much pleasure you're going to have in the bedroom. So I think this is just a great talking point for realizing that Tantra is a lifestyle. It's not something that you do. It's something that you become. That's why we got it on the flyer for September the 9th. Come and become. Come and become. Come on, get on board. But you can't just do it just in one area. You have to be supple. You have to be blissful. Win with yin, ladies. Win with yin. I love the point that you were making Tuesday night because you were going to the elemental. And you said the water elemental. You know, the water can drown you, but it's not normally that aggressive, you know. And and how if we can get some more water in there to those fibroids, then... But I'm thinking just a water mentality. Yeah, what do you think about a woman having a water mentality? We we start out by talking about the energy of a woman. So when we're talking about the water mentality, it's two things. Water is flexible. Water is uh, changeable. You can have ice, water vapor. You can have water that's standing. Um and the energy of water is an energy of attraction. Water also is necessary for growth. The earth is a desert unless it's watered. And a garden will not bring forth any fruit unless it's watered. The woman's menstrual cycle has four aspects. The earth part of it, with, with the oak, oak, um, where she goes into ovation. The fire part of it, where she becomes uh, aroused. <clears throat> the air part of it, and the water part of it, which we know as the menstrual part of it. So when we're talking about the water thing, that's one of the things we could do. I'm going to come back to that. We'll talk about the physical part of it in a second. The first thing that the woman can do to deal with fibroids is to understand and obey the law of attraction. The law of attraction says what you put out there 
what you broadcast out there in your thoughts is what tends to come back to you. So that if you broadcast uh, in your everyday life, as you're walking through life, on your job, in traffic, in the club, in, um, uh, 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 in the bedroom, if you're broadcasting a negative attitude toward men or towards yourself and your own body, if you're allowing yourself to be disrespected and invalidated, if you encourage that, and if you do anything to invalidate men, then you are broadcasting an energy that supports the growth of fibroid tumors. The more intense a woman's sexual energy is, the more she has to abide by this law. The more intensely her sexual her sexuality is, the more erotic she is, the more the more quickly she'll develop fibroid if that energy is corrupted. Therefore, the first thing that a woman has to do is understand if she wants to get rid of her fibroid, she must first abide by the law of attraction. And as a woman, she is a yin vessel. She needs to be attractive and receptive to men. Now, we don't mean by that that she has to sleep with every man she sees or that she has to um, validate every man she sees. You validate the people who can, who allow themselves to be validated. If a person comes to you jacked up and they're, they're acting in a way that, you know, you cannot tolerate it, then, of course, you don't invalidate them. You simply withdraw, and you cannot validate them because they don't put, set themselves up to deserve it or being worthy of it. But you don't invalidate them because that just makes it harder for them to come around to the good side. So stop invalidating men. If the guy is jacked up, don't diss him. Simply withdraw in the nicest possible way that you can. Protect yourself, but don't leave a scar. So the next thing is, if you put a positive vibration out there to all men, in other words, when you're walking, if you haven't met the man yet, don't judge him as being like men in your past. If you expect the men that you meet tomorrow to be like the men that you've encountered for the last three months, they will be. If you say to yourself, tomorrow's a brand new day and I am projecting a positive attitude about men, you will begin to attract better men. If you're based on the past, you say, well, the last six months, all I've met is some daggone jacked up men and that's what you expect. So the brother walks up to you at the coffee shop and says, how you doing? You know, can I buy you a coffee? And you come out with, you know, something based on, you know, a response that's negative based on the fact that the last man you met in the coffee shop was a jerk, then you failed. You have to start out assuming that all men are going to meet your requirements. All men are, whatever their function with you, 
that they're going to be sufficient. And then let the man prove that he's different before you judge the situation. Your energy should start out as a natural female energy. And you're assuming that the man is going to come up to his highest, superior nature. And if you take that attitude out into the world, you will gradually, I say gradually, begin to attract men who meet that vibration. Now, a word of caution, and that is, you've got some inertia. You've got some inertia with you. You've got some stuff in the past that you've done, so you've created an energy ball that's following you. And so for a short period of time after you change your attitude, you're still going to be attracting men like you were in the past because this energy takes time to dissipate. Your broadcast takes time to change. It doesn't change overnight. You've got to maintain that broadcast for a few weeks before that negative ball is burnt away and the positive ball is all that's left. But once you do, you will. It is the law. You will start to attract positive men who meet the energy that you're putting out there. And if the energy that you're putting out there is, I'm looking for men to validate, I'm willing to validate you, I'm willing to be receptive to you, I'm willing to encourage you, I'm willing to be, uh, to, to put the female, natural female energy into this equation, you will start to attract men who meet that. Second thing, women have to go through second puberty. Second puberty is the rite of passage that women, young girls, should be going through when they're a teenager. And since we don't go through the rite of passage for sexual puberty, and we don't bring that part of our DNA online, we have to go through second puberty to redo it, to undo the bad and bring the rest of our female energies online. Third thing, dream therapy. Dream therapy is the way that you program your subconscious mind to project a natural female energy. It, it not only changes your womb, the energy of your womb, it changes the energy of your broadcast. Let me say it in a different way. The subconscious only changes when you take an action to change it. It doesn't change by accident. As long as you don't mess with it, it stays the same. However, society is always trying to program your subconscious. Every TV commercial, all of these government regulations, uh, and all the music that we hear in the media, the media and the news and the music, is always trying to program our subconscious. And if you let that be the only thing programming your subconscious, your subconscious will always be what we call a herd mentality. It will be pretty much the same as everybody else's subconscious mind, which is not going to bring you what you want, and it's not going to heal your fibroids. It's going to make them worse. Therefore, the quickest way to change the subconscious mind is through dreams. You have a left-brain hemisphere, and when energy is going through the left-brain hemisphere, when you're thinking, when you're on your cell phone, on your computer, driving in traffic, when you're doing anything that requires thinking, 
your left brain hemisphere is active and you are not programming your subconscious. To program your subconscious, you go into your right brain using images and feelings. So if you're always feeling good, always feeling pleasure, you're in a right brain frame of mind and what you're programming your subconscious is to bring you more of that, more pleasure, more of the images that you're putting there. If you're constantly listening to music that's, that's, that's negative, if you're consciously, constantly watching television and cable programs, movies that have negative themes, if you're constantly watching horrific news like people getting shot in the theater, a war, if you're constantly engaged in environments where the energy is negative, then that's what you're programming your subconscious to bring more of to you. Therefore, you use your dreams, and you do this by being careful of what happens right in the last hour before you go to sleep. Now, we have designed a special dream CD to help people do that, but you don't have to necessarily go to my dream CD. You can do it on your own with anything. As long as the last hour before you go to bed is a positive experience with positive images. It is the images that are important so that in that last hour before you close your eyes and go to sleep, you project the images and the feelings into your environment, into the room, into your mind, that you want to be your future reality. Thus, when you go to sleep, your right brain and your left brain are talking to each other because they can't do it when you're awake, and they can't do it when you're in your left brain. So your left brain and your right brain are talking to each other right before you go to sleep, right after you go to sleep, that is. And, and it's saying, this is what a program I want you to start adopting. And you can help this through meditative techniques, through mantra, etc., through special sounds. But you can also do it through a certain types of music and mainly just to have a quiet, pleasing, harmonious atmosphere around you before you go to sleep every night. And if you do this for several weeks, several months, your subconscious will start to change its programming so that it's, it's more in line with the reality and the outcomes that you want. And one of those things that will happen is your subconscious will start to program you not to have fibroids and to get rid of the ones you do have. So that dream therapy is the next thing that, that needs to happen so that you start to remember your dreams, keep a dream journal, try to understand your dreams. Your dreams are your subconscious mind, which can't talk. The subconscious cannot talk. It's not a left brain function. It's a right brain function. It's the big part of your mind. The conscious awake mind is the small, teeny, tiny part. Of it. It's the 2 or 3% of your mind. The right brain, the subconscious, and all of that is the biggest part of your mind, your brain. And therefore... Your dreams are trying to tell you through images and feelings what is going on, what you are programmed. When you have a dream, basically it's imagery and metaphor and allegory, stories, 
to try to communicate to you your awake mind what what kind of programming is operating in your subconscious mind. You need to understand this. Everybody's dreams are different. They're individual. They're specific. And if your dreams don't make much sense, and if your dreams are are inharmonious, if they're bringing up stuff that seems to be negative, it's saying to you that your programming is negative. It's saying to you that your womb imprint is dysfunctional. It's saying to you that your outlook toward men is not good. Therefore, don't just say, you know, I had a bad dream. Say, my dream just told me something screwed up in my subconscious programming, and I need to fix that. So take care what you do the last hour of the day before you go to sleep. And try not to stay up too late. Try to get to sleep before midnight. Because if you do, your body is designed based on circadian rhythms. Certain times of the seasons of the year, uh, tides and cycles of the moon, your body is in tune with that. And your body is built so that it secretes a whole group of hormones when the sun goes down. In the absence of the sun, what you find is that the body secretes seven special hormones. And these hormones prepare you to change your body. And the main one, uh, actually there's, there's two main ones. One is melatonin which is secreted by the pineal gland, and this helps you sleep deep and helps you go into an anabolic state where you can reprogram and rebuild yourself. And the other one is human growth hormone, which goes through the body and gives you the power, the steroids and the other hormones, the neurochemicals, that allow you to quickly change your behavior and your physical being. So melatonin, and human growth hormone are secreted mainly at night after the sun goes down. And if you stay awake too late after the sun goes down, you don't get the optimal release of these hormones. Also, too much artificial light too late at night or while you're asleep reduces the amount of melatonin, L-tryptophan, and human growth hormone that is secreted. So they're based on light. Your, your body is built so that at night, in the absence of light, your body is triggered to produce melatonin, human growth hormone, L-tryptophan, and other substances that allow you to rebuild. So as the subconscious is changing, changing your programs, the hormones and neurochemicals change your body. So now, then we get back to the physical material things. Water. We need to get water into the body. And we need to get water into the kidneys. Then we need to get water into the blood. And finally, we need to get water into the cells. If we do not get water into the cells of the ovaries, into the tubes, into the mucus lines, into the mucus, if we do not get water into the uterus, into the cervix, into the vagina, if we do not get water into the anus, in the colon, 
then we have a problem with our reproductive system. Because water is the key thing in the reproductive system that makes it work. The, the proper water in the blood is key. So cleaning the blood is one of the first steps toward reducing fibroids and getting the proper amount of water into the blood. Now, the kidneys play a critical role in that so that you don't want to drink too much water and you don't want to drink not enough water. There are the very key things to water. It should be alkaline water, and you should drink only as much water, I recommend about 32 ounces a day, so that your kidneys can handle it. Ideally, you want to drink more water than that, but you only want to drink that water after you've repaired your kidneys enough so that the kidneys can get it into the bloodstream. What your kidneys do is the kidneys maintain the proper volume of water in the blood based on the amount of oxygen. There's always a balance between oxygen in the blood and water. You can't have enough water in the blood until you get the right amount of oxygen to balance it out. Now, the final thing to get water into the cells is something called protein carrier molecules. And I'm just uh, learning the dynamics of how this works. I've known about this dynamic for years, but I did not know a way that you could change it because we're talking about something that's happening at the, it's not happening at the cellular level. It's happening at the molecular level. In other words, it's at the atomic level that this is happening. So the cells produce this protein carrier molecule, which interacts with the water, the water molecules, to convert them into not H2O, but H6, I'm sorry, O6H12. And when water takes this six-sided hexagonal structure, basically looking like two pyramids stuck together, it fits through something called the Rosetta Stone and easily flows into the cells. In fact, what the cells do is when the cells have the right energy, the cells basically suck the water in. The water is like, it's like the cells become a magnet and the water is an ion that is drawn in just like iron filing to a magnet. In order for the cells to be magnetized in this way, two things have to exist. You have to have the right energy. And this energy is what we're talking about where the woman is being her natural feminine self so that her natural energy, her natural vibration, the frequency of her cells matches her original frequency. And when, you're, when the woman is like this, when she's her natural feminine self, when she is what she was meant to be in her DNA, when she matches her DNA, in terms of her energy, when she's a feminine woman, when she has all four of these archetypes online, her cells vibrate at the frequency that allow them to suck the water in. Then the other part of this is the protein carrier molecule, which alter the water in the bloodstream so that the cells automatically suck it in. This is the first step. Next thing is amino acids. So to break down the fibroid structure, 
to repair the fibers in the uterus requires amino acid balance. So there are what the, well, it, the numbers differ. Some people say there's eight, some people say there are 11, but there are critical amino acids that have to be present in her bloodstream based on the food she eats. And these have to be taken into the blood and then taken into the cells of the reproductive system in order to break down the fibroids and build the right fibers in her uterus. So one of the dynamics that most women have a trouble with is the amino acid arginine. That's arginine. And arginine is difficult to digest and assimilate if you are eating a lot of foods that contain lysine, another amino acid. The amino acid arginine competes with lysine to be taken up into the bloodstream. If you have both things there equally, only one is absorbed. And if the Ig tract is not alkaline, you don't absorb too much of either one. So what I do is every week I rotate. One week I focus on eating foods that contain arginine, and the next week I, I focus on foods that contain lysine, and that way I get adequate supplies of both. Meat eaters get a lot of L-lysine because meat contains more lysine than arginine. There are things like peanuts, chocolate, and grains and nuts, and these things contain L-arginine. And if you eat more of them, if you're a vegetarian, then you don't get enough L-lysine. And if either one of these things are absent, the woman cannot break up fibroids, at least not to the extent that she wants to. So there are many more amino acids. I'm not going to talk about all of them. Google it. Get you a book on amino acids. Read about what each one does, and you will see very clearly if these books tell you which foods contain these amino acids. And you need to eat foods that contain these amino acids in such a way that you can absorb them. Do the research. Change your diet. And you will find that this makes a big difference in your fibroid scenario, profile. The next step is after you eat these foods, is make sure that your body is digesting them. You do this by supplementing food additives. These food additives are pepsin, betaine hydrochloric acid, that's betaine, B-E-T-A-I-N-E, HCL is one of the primary digestive juices in your stomach. Most people need to supplement it. But check it out first. Talk to a natural care provider to find out if you need to do that. The other things are like bromelade, which is found in pineapple, um, lapis and amis, which are in bananas and things like that, fruit. And, and then the, the other main one, after baking hydrochloric acid, is pancreatine enzyme. The pancreatine enzyme is secreted after the food is broken down, and it is the main catalyst to cause amino acids to be created after the crib cycle in the kidneys. Therefore, if water is present and you eat the right amino acids in your diet and then you take 
the proper food, you're getting the proper food enzymes in your digestive tract, you will make all of the amino acids that you need and your fibroids will start to diminish. So we have water. We have to get the right amino acids in our system, the right additive catalyst in the food to, to construct these amino acids. And then we turn back to the energy. So if you've got the energy right and you've got the food and the water right, you set up the program to make it ideal to break down the existing fibroids and to prevent constructing any new ones. And gradually the fibroids should break apart and, and be eliminated each time you have a menstrual cycle. In other words, each time you have a menstrual cycle, some of, these, some of that fibroid tissue should be expelled and the tissue that you're replacing it with is properly structured so that it will not create new fibroids. And, of course, the energy side of that is changing the dynamic of your attitude toward men, the energy that you're putting out there toward the opposite sex. If your energy is right and your diet and water are correct, you will eventually get rid of your fibroids. It's just that simple. I'll stop there for a second, Coach, and take questions, or if, if not, we'll go to, you know, we'll, we'll start the conversation about the uh, prostate. All right. Got somebody calling in from the 904-405. Your mic is open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Uh, yes. Hi. My name is Candace Anderson from Jacksonville, Florida. Hi, Candace. Hello. Hi. Um, I'm just, you know, basically on a on a this path here to, you know, basically living better. Um, um, just getting myself together spiritually, emotionally, mentally. Do you guys have any pointers on meditational techniques that way I can tap into this a little bit deeper, along with the good eating and stuff like that? You know, any meditational tips? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. To meditate is to get out of your left brain, number one. Okay. So you have two sides of the brain. The left side of the brain is what you need to use to think. And you want to stop the thinking part of the brain when you meditate. So most meditations are based on giving you something for the left brain to do to take it out of the picture. In other words, in most meditations, you repeat a series of sounds or phrases over and over again. And what this does is it occupies the left brain and takes it gradually offline. Most meditations have a certain type of music, and this music is geared. It's, it's basically a sound structure with certain beats per minute, and this sound structure is such that it activates the reptile and pond part of your brain stem your brain so that you go into trance and your right brain comes online and you see images and your left brain gradually slows down and stops. So in, in meditation, you'll see that in most meditation, what they want you to do is to find a nice, comfortable chair. You, want the, you don't want anything that stimulates your left brain. 
You don't want people okay. around. You don't want to talk. You want to be quiet, no light. You want to sit quietly. And you don't want anything that's stimulating your body because you don't want to be aware of your body. You simply want okay. to go inside. Mm-hmm. Now, I would recommend there's um, the Asar Society has, 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 has created 30 or 40 meditation tapes that are excellent. And okay. uh, it's, a, it's a company called Tau Enterprises out of Brooklyn. And I think mm-hmm. you can go online. I think it's T-A-I-U or something like that. Uh, Taiwo or Taiwo Enterprises, and they sell uh-huh. a series of meditative CDs that are excellent. Okay. They have the right sound vibration, the right sound structure, so that when you listen to them and you follow the breathing techniques, mm-hmm. you will go out of your left brain into your right brain into a mild trance state, which is ideal for meditation. Okay. Uh, one of the key parts in meditating. Uh, two very helpful things is breathing with the diaphragm so that the diaphragm is pushed out when you breathe in and the diaphragm is pulled in when you breathe out. To meditate properly, to go into deep trance, you want to get less water in your blood and more oxygen. So in meditation, the goal is to oxygenate your blood as high as you can so that there's a lot of oxygen in the blood that gets into the brain that allows the brain to become more awake on the right brain side. So you're getting extra oxygen into the brain without exercise. The next key to proper meditation is yoga. And what yoga does is it has certain movements that stretch and manipulate the nerve corridors and the muscle corridors so that when you're sitting still, the acupuncture meridians are opened up to allow the energy in your spirit body to flow where it needs to flow. This helps you to go into right brain state and helps you to get out of a left brain state. So yoga postures perform two or three times a week, encourage Uh good, deep meditation, breathing deeply with the diaphragm so that you oxygenate your blood, encourages deep meditation, certain sound structures, certain beats per minute. For instance, four beats per minute and different multiples of that at different pitches and frequencies, certain notes of music cause the brain to go into a relaxed right brain trance and helps to shut the left brain down. Just as other types of beats encourage you to be more active in the the left brain side. Does that answer your question? Yes, thoroughly. Thank you so much. Do you have other comments or questions? Uh... I do, but it's not nothing to do with tonight's lesson. I would probably be better off, like, emailing you or something instead of getting off of what we're talking about because I had some questions on, like, the shift, quote-unquote, that's going to happen. And I know that 
tonight's um, discussion is dealing with emotional and spiritual healing, and I know that that is important for the shift that's coming up. And like I, this is like like I said, I'm new to this, so I, I just need to get in tune with what I need to be in tune with to be ready for what's about to come. I want to make a comment here. Uh, first, the part on the meditation. Um, I think I have the best meditation DVD there is on the planet because I introduce you to the breath without different techniques. And you can take the microcosmic orbit and put any technique on top of it. So I get beginners ready. Like I call it the 101 of meditation, meditation 101. And you can find that on my website at relaxationisthekey.com. And I have a oh. Tai Chi DVD there as well. Both of oh. those have done me and my students well for over nine years. Um, okay. The second part about the shift, and I'm going to just go very quickly. Uh, okay. You've been misinformed about a yes. shift. Coming, yes, about a shift coming up. The mm. shift has been in since the middle of 2010. Wow. So, so the thing is, release. Release all that, that I have time. You don't have any time. You're already in it. So just right, do. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Don't don't get into, ooh, I got to get ready. Oh, the deadline's coming. Oh, December 21st. You you missed the deadline June 28th. There was one three days before that, June 25th. Like, it's always deadlines dropping. So don't don't get caught up like that. If you want to know okay. about your personal uh, deadlines and where you need to be in your dates, get an astrological mm. reading. Contact Kair and find out what is your natal promise. What are you, okay. Your birthday is the one thing you can't lie about. I can ask you your blood pressure and your weight and your shoe size and how many people you done had sex with and you'll start stuttering. But if I ask you I would, what day were you born on, then it's a fact nobody's going to argue about. And the numerology, the numerology part of that, the position of the planets, all of that is going to help you get into your own natural rhythm. Listen to what y'all just, he was just talking about rhythms. Rhythms. Right. Well, your rhythm yeah. is in your astrological chart. Point blank, period. If you're not aware of it, then nobody on outside can tell you. And even if you're going to get uh, a professional astrologer or consultant to give it to you, he's just interpreting what he sees. He can't give you anything yeah. that's not there. So if you need to get in contact with Coach Kyer for one of those, my number is 336-587-1215. Or you can go to CoachKAppointments.com. Or you can just go to CoachKayer.com and there's a leave a note for Coach. And you can just write down, you know, what your issues are, some things like that. Thank you. I need that so much. Candace, let me just make one last comment about that. Mm -hmm. Um, In the book that I wrote called The Return, I had a chapter devoted to what is called the star cycle of the African-American people. And it's actually a a cycle that's involving the entire world. Uh, I'm going to digress for a little bit, but I'm I'm, I'm, I'm coming back to the the topic of fibroids eventually. So what we find is that there are all kinds of cycles. And one one of the big cycles is a 400-year cycle that affects groups. It affects corporations, nations, 
institutions, religions, anything that affects large, we're talking tens of thousands of people. Anytime you have a group of people operating where it has a specific time that it came into being, and that time that it came into being is the beginning of a cycle called the star cycle. And the star cycle is bigger than the sun cycle. And this, this star cycle lasts 400 years. The problem is, because it lasts 400 years, nobody lives long enough to see it come to its fruition. They only see certain stages of it. So we see the star cycle in the Roman Empire, in the history of the British Empire, and we see the star cycle in, in Africa and in Europe and in different places and in China. If you look at the history of China, you'll see that every 400 years, major shifts occur. So we, when we look at the star cycle, I charted it, and I had several professors at Brown University subjected to something called Fournier analysis, which is a mathematical equation that detects uh, large spikes. And what we find is that if we look at our history in this country, if we look at the history of the country itself, or the African-American experience itself, we can see this 400-year cycle, and we can see that it's uh, broken down into eight segments, 50 years each. So every 50 years, this cycle switches so that it is influenced by a different planet and a different deity. So every 50 years, it's governed by a particular deity on the tree of life and a particular planet in the astrological dynamic. So this cycle reaches a peak, or it switched, in 1816, 1866, 1916, 1966, and it will shift the 400-year cycle ends in 2016. So we'll see that as the cycle gets closer to the point at which the shift changes at, at, at the 400-year mark, then uh -huh. the energy starts to escalate. Now, you'll see that the 1816 cycle began to shift in 1809. And you'll see that after 1809, all kinds of wars and stuff, we know about the War of 1812, but there was wars around the world. There was a period of unrest. There was all kinds of stuff going on. And then 1816, that was the shift. We see in 1866, of course, was the end of the Civil War. But at the same time, around the world, there were other things coming to an end. And this all started, the cycle started to accelerate in 1859. And that's when everything started to break, so that war started. We see this again in 1909. In 1909, that is when most of the organizations in black society, like the NAACP, the Urban League and the NIA and all those things like that and the fraternities and the Baptist Church, all of these things came into existence as an organization and they caused unrest and this ended in 1916, number one, leading up to the great drought, World War One, and the Marcus Garvey's movement to try to get black people to, to wake up. And other things were going on around the world, but I'm, I'm relating to stuff we can see. So that was a time of great unrest. We see this again in 1966. So in 1959 is when the energy began to shift. 
1959, we saw riots, Vietnam War getting, getting going into a different phase. We saw people into the streets. We saw the civil rights movement get started in a big way. I mean, it, it was building up since World War II, but in 1959, the, 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 the stuff started, to, the, the, so to speak, shit started to hit the fan. And we see people out rioting and people in fire hoses and marching and boycotts. And, and, and eventually we saw assassination, death, and in 1966, that's when the major change occurred and we, and we had, we achieved civil rights. So mm-hmm. if you look at 1959, you will see that in 2009, the exact same thing started to happen. Everything for the 40-some years prior to that led up to, in 2009, Bush was ran out of office, Obama came in, the yes. economy collapsed, and we went into an accelerated period where of social unrest. People are calling it a depression, and an economic yeah. this and an economic that. But that's not what's really happening. What's really happening is that people are at an accelerated spiritual state right now and have been since 2009, and that it's going to end if we make it that far. It's not going to end, but it's going to shift in 2016. And the major part of that shift is happening this year. So I don't think that what we're going to see is the end of the world. To some people, it may seem that way in 2012, just as during the Civil War, people thought basically society was coming to an end in 1862. In 1862, if you went down south and you talked to anybody, they were like, my life has come to an end. My plantation burned down, all my slaves ran off, and I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. It looks like the world has is, 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 is ended because civilization has fallen apart. But it wasn't the end. It was the start of a new beginning, that uh, giving you a chance to reprogram things. So in 2009, the life that most people knew started to unravel. They, they got fired from their job or laid off. Things just yeah. got all screwed up. Relationships fell apart. And people just are in a terrible place. And they're ready to do something. You get the tea party, and you got people just like... Um, they don't know what the heck to do with themselves, and they're mad at everybody. But mm-hmm. it's building up to something that's going to seem like, you know, world's coming to an end. Civilization's coming to an end. If you look around the world with the Arab Spring and with, with, with 9-11 and all this other stuff going on, then it seems like things are going to hell in a handbasket. But we're right. getting an opportunity at each of these shifts to redo things, to start over again. Mm-hmm. And so good, what you're supposed good. to be doing is in 2009, you start preparing for what can be. You start getting yourself ready. You know things are going to, you're coming to the waterfall and you're going to go over the waterfall and it's going to be hell, but it's all about building up to something that's going to take its place because you're wiping away the, next, the layer and you're preparing for the next floor. If you're coming out of the cocoon as a butterfly, if you do it right, of course, rarely do we do it right, but that's what's happening. So it's called the star cycle. And if you look, if you take it back, black people first came to the United States of America approximately 400 years ago in the Jamestown settlement 
and you'll see that they started coming over around 1606, and we see the first actual settlement established permanently in 1609 or somewhere thereabouts. So we see that black people were already in Brazil and in the islands prior to that, but approximately 400 years ago, a little bit less than that, is the first real serious black presence in America. And 400 years later, that cycle comes to fruition. So the shift that you're talking about started in 2009, uh-huh. and the dates are not exact because things change a little bit based on astrology and based on certain other things that are going on. But you can mm-hmm. clearly see that at the same time, major things started happening all over the world. And it does this every 50 years, and at every 400 years, depending on which civilization, which country, which nation, which institution you're in, if it lasts 400 years, at the 399th year, major, something major is going to happen, and that institution is either going to fall or it's going to go into a new type of existence. I hope that answers your question. It, uh, it, it, yes, you were very thorough. You, you mentioned the star cycle, you said? Yes. Now, okay, okay, I was just making sure I was taking the right notes. Okay. Very few people know about it. Now, there was a Russian guy named Nicholas Sprapos, I can't pronounce his name. He talked about this. He, he charted the star cycle for the Russian people. And he, was, he, said, he said, if you look at the history of Russia, it's, it's amazing how every 50 years it seems to repeat. Uh, several people, historians in China, have charted it. They don't call it the star cycle, but they say history in China seems to follow this 50-year pattern. Now, there are mm-hmm. different people. They're different, most of them are European and uh, have charted similar cycles or what they call patterns. Uh, mega trends, and there's many books that talk about this. And one of the books mm-hmm. uh, talked about the, the baby boomers and how they are like the um, the, the icons of this current 50-year cycle. So people have, have talked about this. They don't all call it the star cycle because they're not looking at it from an esoteric perspective, from an astrological perspective. They're looking at it from a historical, social just looking at the current model, what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the best way that I can put it. Okay. Wow. I wish you guys were. I wish I would have found y'all a long time ago. <laughs> I'll tell you that. There's a lot of false teachings out there. They had me paranoid. Like, oh my God, something. Oh, 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 oh I mean, that you all about. I don't mean to cut you off, but this uh, you walking into a coaching session. We don't discuss past history. Like, you don't have a time machine, and we don't have one for you. So there's no need for you to put no more energy on that and put energy on to what the information that you have now and tell us about the life that you're getting ready to desire. See, once you keep talking about the past, then you negate your potential. Uh, your, your potential. So don't talk about the past. Don't talk about the misinformation that you got. Don't talk about the sorry-ass niggas that you had sex with. Don't nobody want to hear it, and it's non-productive. Talk about what you desire and what's coming to you, and keep your mind focused on that. 
because you'll keep on attracting those bad teachers or those misinformations. Okay. There's no such thing as bullshit okay. in your life. All that came to you because you were supposed to have it. You were supposed okay. to be doing that, and you created all that. So it's not a blame of nobody else. It was the choices okay. that you made that make you appreciate what myself and, and Master Yao just told you. Because if you wouldn't have had that bullshit on your mind, then you wouldn't be appreciating so much what we giving you right now. So you should be thankful for those right. teachers, whoever they are, because they taught Candace, you one way or the other. Candace, do you have any kids? So Thank you. Yes, my daughter is 14 years old. Then the way, that you deal, the way that you deal with this is purchase mm-hmm. that book to return or Google these cycles and buy the book by the people who studied it and mm-hmm. make your kids read it. Take their video game away for three or four days. Take the TV away for three or four days and make them read some of these books that, that, because history tells you everything right there. All you got to do is study it and you won't repeat it. So, you know, we, we are where we are and we got to deal with the reality that we've got today based on the future, not the past. But we, our kids don't have to repeat the mistakes that we made. I wish, I wish I had met Coach Kaia or Master Yao when I was like 17 or 18. My goodness. That would have been like, if I had studied all of this stuff, then I could look, I could look back on the past and say, wow, look what I, you know, all the stuff. But, but here's the thing. My parents did the best they could. And what right. you got to do is do the best you can so that your kids, they've got their whole life ahead of them. Teach them what's happened in history so that they will be prepared as adults to get out here, kick butt, and take names, and live the life of their dreams. Okay. Thank you, sweetheart. I appreciate you calling in tonight. Thanks for your energy. Thank you so much for helping me. We're here for peace. All right. If anybody else has a question or a comment, please raise your hand. Uh, also, for those who are in the chat room, let me go over here and check see if they got any questions. Uh, the call-in number is 347-205-9089. Yes, and the products and services link is in the chat room. If you need to get that meditation DVD or the Tai Chi DVD. Um, Yao, I guess it's back in your hands, big brother. Time to get over to the prostrate. Okay. Uh, The website to get the book to return and learn about the star cycle is www.masteryao.com. That's Y-A-O, masteryao.com. And the book is called The Return. Got a Chinese hexagram on the cover. Blue, blue on white, and that's the book that talks about the star cycle. Um, now, let's talk about the prostate. Let's talk about the men's. <laughs> let's get into the men's a little bit and the reptile science. So the, the prostate is made from the same embryonic tissue that the uterus is made from. So when you have a baby... Uh, when I say a baby, let's, let's use a different term. When the egg of a woman is first impregnated by the sperm, it starts to multiply. 
and it divides into several different types of tissue groups. And one of those tissue groups becomes uh, either a uterus or a prostate. It's the exact same tissue. And depending on if it's a male hormone, male, you know, male DNA chromosome or female DNA chromosome, determines whether it becomes yin or yang. If it's yang, it's a boy and it's a prostate. If it's yin, it's a female and it's a uterus. Now, the prostate is much smaller than the uterus because it doesn't necessarily have to carry a baby. But it serves the same function. It houses the creative energy of the man. It is the house of the man or the house of the woman. Now, of course, the woman's uterus is, is, is the complex, is doing a whole bunch of stuff. You know, every month it receives the egg, and if the egg is fertilized, it provides a place for the egg to grow, and, and it does all this other stuff. The male prostate, on the other hand, does not receive an egg every month. It's much smaller, but nevertheless, it's a very critical part of the male reproductive system because the male also gets pregnant. The male also has a menstrual cycle. Now, when I say, nasty I say, well, men have a menstrual cycle, everybody's eyebrows go up. What you talking about, really? You know, like, <laughs> but here's the thing. Pregnancy, creative energy, starts out as an energetic process. It does not have to have a material manifestation. It should, but don't have to. So when a woman gets pregnant, you will notice that the man, if he's normal and natural, becomes spiritually pregnant. So when the man's sperm hits that egg and impregnates it, the male's energetic core changes. He bonds to the woman, and he becomes energetically pregnant. Some men, their bellies even get bigger out of sympathy with the woman because they're in sympathy with the energy. But the woman becomes spiritually pregnant and physically pregnant because she's actually carrying the physical cells that are going to become the baby, girl, or boy. Now, if we're not making a baby, that energy every month, every lunar cycle, has to have an expression. And if having an expression in the male and in the female, and it's centered in the male prostate. So what are we saying? We're saying that every month the man is going through the same menstrual cycle as the woman, consisting of four elemental energies which correspond to his hunter, his eagle, his uh, warrior energy, and his healer energy. It's going to earth, fire, air, and water. And therefore, every moon cycle, every male who is normal, is trying to create something. And so, what is he created? Well, if the man takes charge of this and is aware of this, he is creating whatever he wants to create because we are God becoming. In other words, 
We are little teeny tiny sparks of God consciousness trying to become God. In other words, we're trying to be what we were born to be. We came from God, and we're trying to create in ourselves. We're trying to produce a God. That's what we are born to be. We're born to be an expression of God. Now, we may not achieve that. We may not even come close. But God has the ability to create. So do we. And we have a little teeny store of creative energy called Kundalini. And every lunar month, every time the moon does its cycle, that energy has a creation project that's centered in the man's prostate, in his brain, and in his core, what we call the tower. So now, if you're a man and you don't know about this or you don't care, nobody taught you, then what you're creating every month is whatever society tells you to create. So what are most men creating every month? They are creating what the consumer retail society has told them to create. They're creating appetites to consume. They're creating fantasies that have no ability to come true. They're creating depression. They're creating poverty. They're creating problems, drama, because that's what they're holding in their mind. That's what they're attracting through the law of attraction. Because this law is true and operating, whether men know about it or not. So if you're a huckabuck walking around here, fat, dumb, and happy, and you don't know nothing and don't care about nothing, and not standing up straight, and not trying to, to take charge of your life as a superior man should, then you're creating what the society, what the elite in society have programmed you to create. And what are they programming men to create? They're basically programming you to be the slave of the elite society. In other words, they want you to be a, a good consumer, a good employee, a good uh, production mechanism where they can put you into a, a corporation, a plant, a mill, and you can produce what they want you to produce so that other robots like you can consume it. And a few people can get rich from this, and you remain a slave, a social slave. Now, you may not be on the plantation back in slavery days, but it's the same dynamic. They have programmed you, basically, to be a cog in the wheel. Now, the movie The Matrix, if you haven't seen this movie, every last man with a swinging penis ought to read ought to listen, ought, to, ought to rent that DVD and watch it because it's telling you exactly what's really going on in the matrix Morpheus said I'm going to give you the red pill or the blue pill one pill you're going to go to sleep and when you wake up you'll be back in the matrix if you take the other pill my friend you're going to wake up so Neo said look I'm, I'm brave I'm going to take the pill, you know, I'm going to take the one that's going to wake me up. And then when Neo woke up out of the matrix, he found himself in a pod with fluid. And he was a battery. 
providing energy for the machines, for the super society to function. That's what he was. He was a power source. And that's what men are. Mm. Most of them are basically a power source. The life force is used to sustain this mechanism, this machine culture that allows a few people to remain at the top of the hierarchy and for him to remain at the bottom. And this is in the prostate. So if the man tries to return to his original self, if the man stands up straight and says, I am a teeny tiny God, that's, that's what I am. That's my true self. My true self is my spirit, not my body. And my true self is made in the image of God. Therefore, I should try to be more like God. And if the man is doing that, and he looks about himself and sees that he's been a pawn all his life, then he will try to take charge of himself and try to become, he'll try to get out of the matrix. And it's, it's difficult. When Neo woke up, he found that, that the matrix was in charge, basically, and he was an outcast living on the ship, you know, operating through the sewers of life, trying to rebel and take control again. And this is where most men are when they wake up and become conscious. They are like, oh, my God, I've been used as a pawn most of my life. And when I stopped doing what the herd told me, when I stopped, you know, following all of this, this programming that's out here, saying go to college, work for society, buy all of this stuff that we ask you to buy, and that's what we've created your appetite. When all of these appetites are created, what are one of the primary ones? Sex. And the type of sex that they program the man to desire is fast food sex. In other words, sex that does not create anything sustainable. So most men's prostates have been programmed every month, every 28 days, to continue to create, to continue to manufacture, to continue to produce this machine culture society and not something that's sustainable. And as a consequence, the prostate, as he gets older and older, begins to rebel, become corrupt, and dysfunctional. Thus, when the man gets into the bedroom, it doesn't function right. So, men should be able to do orgasmically everything that a woman can do. What are we saying by that? We're saying that men operate orgasmically in reverse and complementary to a woman. So the woman's orgasmic pattern when it's natural is as follows. There are four levels of orgasm. So the woman should have a, a, a beginning orgasm, multiple orgasm, uh, 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 erectile orgasm, in other words, Orgasms leading to ejaculation, which some call squirting. And then finally, 
she gets to what is called the orgasmic plateau, where the orgasm goes out of the vagina into different organs and heals her and puts her into a place where she can have 20, 30-minute, one-hour orgasmic cycles or a continuous orbit of orgasm in which she attains to a higher state of consciousness. The man does the same thing, but in reverse. The man begins by the ejaculatory orgasm, although he doesn't have to ejaculate. Then the man goes backwards to a multiple orgasm, singular orgasm, into an orbital orgasm. All of this is without ejaculation. And what causes this to happen it's his brain, his tower, and his prostate gland. So the man is capable of 21 spasms in orgasm. And these spasms do not trigger orgasm if the woman is working with him and giving him the proper energy so that the man should be able to have, you know, many orgasms in a one- or two-hour period of time and no ejaculation, but only if the prostate is healthy. Now, of course, most men aren't there. So what we have is instead of a man running the sexual marathon or running the 800 or the one-mile race, the man is running the 100-yard dash. And basically the man is, you know, is having the minimum type orgasm that he's capable of. Basically, he gets erect, he has, you know, sex for 12, 15 minutes, and he has one singular orgasm leading to one ejaculation, game over. And this is because his prostate is subnormal. So what is happening with men is that they are doing the same thing that women are doing to get the fibroids. So the woman develops fibroids as a consequence of her uh, abnormal attitude toward men and all the other stuff we talked about. With the men, he doesn't develop fibroids. What he develops in his prostate is cysts, prostate cysts. He develops what is called prostate hydroplasty. In other words, the tissues inside the prostate become soft, feminized, and inflamed so that the prostate enlarges and attempts to compensate. So the prostate becomes filled with estradiol, which is a steroid that the male secretes that's almost identical to the hormone, the female hormone, estrogen. So the male produces these uh, testosterone binding molecules which bind up his testosterone. Therefore, testosterone does not get to the prostate and make it male and masculinize it. Instead, the man has the man has a teeny little bit of, pro, of testosterone functioning in his prostate, an equal or more amount of estradiol, the female-like hormone, in the prostate, and the prostate becomes enlarged and has soft tissue in it similar to the tissue in the uterus. So basically what we have is the man's prostate is year by year 
becoming more and more like a dysfunctional uterus. And as a consequence, during sex, the man cannot perform like a man. More importantly, what we're saying is that the man has lost control of his creative ability. So the prostate is the seat of the man's ability to change his reality so that every month the man should be spiritually pregnant. And he should be pregnant with whatever he's trying to manifest, be it a car, house, better job, or an enterprise, a cause, or he's trying to create healing for his woman, or a better life for his children. But every month a man should be spiritually pregnant, seeking to try to create the life that he's supposed to be living as a mini-god. Now, in Islam, they talked about this whole thing about a man, you know, holding himself pure so that he can, you know, um, holding his seed and, and, and maintaining himself in a pure way so that he can become a better servant of the law. And this is an excellent um, doctrine if it's properly interpreted, but it rarely is. But in many religions, when they first started out, they talked about the male holding his seed, retaining his seed, and not letting his appetites be guided by the outside world but instead, through prayer, meditation, and focusing his power, his creative power, devoting himself to the objectives of his God. If we take this uh, uh, from the doctoral perspective, it can be misinterpreted. But my interpretation of it is that many of these masters from the past were basically trying to tell men, look, don't let your appetites rule you and make you create what society tells you to create, but harness your prostate, harness your energy every month, and try to create what you should be creating to make your woman complete, to make your community complete, to make your own life complete. Therefore, in most men, the prostate is weak, and as a consequence, their male spirit is weak. The prostate has as much female hormone present in it as the uterus, and it should not. A man does need estradiol. He does need the female steroid, the yin factor, to be a complete man. So he does need estradiol, but to the extent that men are producing it today, it's abnormal. It's way above what it should be, just as most women have too much testosterone that is not balanced by estrogen. So the man is running around. His prostate is, is, is being influenced by this female-like steroid, estradiol, and he's weak. His will is weak. He does not honor his word. In other words, he lies because the man whose prostate is strong stands up straight and stays true to his word. 
when the man's prostate is weak and corrupted by toxins that the man eats, for instance, when they grow chickens now, they stick them all up in a big coop. The chickens can hardly move around. They can move maybe a foot in either direction of that. They don't get a lot of sunlight. They don't get to walk around. They don't eat ground or feed up there. They are fed a gruel, and in that gruel is a large cocktail of growth hormones, many of them similar to estrogen, which makes chickens' breast big because they want breast meat. And this cocktail gets into the chicken. The chicken grows up abnormally. They kill it. They put it in the supermarket, and the male eats this meat with all of these growth hormones in it. And these things attract the estradiol into the man's prostate and weaken it. Therefore, the man has an energy more like the chicken he's eating than the god he's supposed to be. These free radicals, all of the things, you know, the, the corn syrup, the excess sugar, all of the pesticides, all of the preservatives in the food act on the prostate to weaken it, corrupt it, and change its energy pattern so that the male prostate does not match the energy pattern in the man's natal DNA. Thus, we have a counterfeit man with a counterfeit personality masquerading as a god, but in effect, a corrupt version of a man. And thus, in the bedroom, his appetites are corrupt, his behavior is corrupt, and the male is not satisfied. Because at the end of the week, he gets paid, and he barely has enough money to survive. At the end of the week, his woman doesn't respect him, and he is not validated. At the end of the week, he's worked hard, or, he, or maybe not, but he's done something. He's put forth effort, and he's not making any progress. Not, not even talking about the men who get stuck in jail, the men who are fighting divorce, the men who are fighting the system and constantly embattled in one thing after the other. And so basically the man looks out and sees himself surrounded in society by just one adversary after another, and society appears to most men, black, white, yellow, or whatever, as a series of adversaries he's trying to overcome just to keep his head above the water. Thus, one of the things that the man has to do is start to take charge of his prostate. Here's where we start. And we're going to do some of the same things that we did for the woman. First of all, he has to have the right attitude toward a woman. So what do men do? They have bad experiences with a woman. It starts in puberty. The woman rejects him. He sees an attractive woman. He asks her to the prom, and she says, you idiot, I wouldn't go to the prom with you if you were the last boy in the high school. The next thing is the man sees a few other men 
who seem to be getting what they want sexually, and he can't duplicate that. He feels invalidated. Then the man grows up, and he finds that if he does not make a good amount of money, females do not validate him, even the ones he can get to date him. He determines that most women carry themselves in such a way that sex is commercialized. In other words, they are acculturated prostitutes in the sense that they make their sex scarce. They're operating on the scarcity model. The more attractive they are, the more desirable they are, the more you have to buy or trade for their sex with money or status or power or whatever. Seeing all of this, the man tries to figure out some kind of a scheme so that he can get over. Then he may fall in love and get divorced. His kids get taken away from him. So we find men in this never-never land, in this limbo state of basically saying women are like these crazy uh, heifers running around out here. And my attitude is to constantly be involved in a scheme. Because hold on, hold on right there, y'all, real quick. Let me make this announcement. For those in the chat room, if you want to call in, 347-205-9089. 347-205-9089. The stream will be stopping in about two minutes. So if you want to make sure you catch the rest of the after party and this delivery and the questions, please call in now. Okay, everybody that's on the line, you're in the building. You will not be dropped off, but if you are in the queue, you need to call in now. Thank you. All right, go ahead, y'all. So the man is basically saying, look, I'm paying alimony and child support. My wife is buying a mink coat. The kids don't have nothing. My kids don't respect me. Women are basically, if I don't make a lot of money, I can't get sex. And even when I get sex, it's not satisfying because I can't perform. And so I'm in this state where, you know, he feels that to invalidate the woman is normal and natural for him. So he goes through life, and he does not want and will not validate women. In fact, men have pulled back from women to such an extent that their main engagement with women is to romantically date them to entertainment, to get sexual gratification, or to try to work out some type of psychological uh, thing that he's left with from when he's going back to his mother and his interacting with females when he was a teenager. So he's going through this thing where he's interacting with women for therapy, he's interacting with women out of anger, He's interacting with women just for gratification. Or he's going through this gamesman type of a scheme thing where he has this script that he's following. And his interaction with women is based on him fulfilling this script. In other words, women, in order for me to have the right relationship with women, it's got to follow this script or else I'm not going to do it. But validating the woman and operating as a natural man never enters his consciousness. He's following the herd. 
He has to change this. He cannot take an attitude toward women based on what women have done to him in the past. He can't do it. He has to stand up straight. He has to man up and project an attitude to all women based on his natural DNA pattern as a man. In other words, he's got to assume that there are women out there who are natural, who will relate to him and validate him and give him what he needs to support him as a man. He's got to assume that he can operate as a man sexually, and he must assume that he can attract to himself situations that allow him to grow and be complete and sustainable. Now, he must project this out to him, regardless of what his past has been, and he will have, for a few weeks, a few months, negative experiences based on the inertia from his past. He can't turn back. In spite of these negative experiences, based on his inertia, he must continue projecting to women a positive broadcast, a positive energy, because that is what he is. He is a man. He must act like a man. Now, if a woman comes into his sphere of activity, his vicinity, and she does not deserve to be validated, he cannot use her and invalidate her or abuse her. He simply withdraws. He simply pulls back. You don't want to leave a scar. Even if the woman is acting, if she's a gold digger, or she's just abusive, or she's emotionally incompetent, he cannot scar her. He cannot further diminish or degrade her because that is unproductive. He simply protects himself and withdraws. He simply isolates himself from this negative energy and moves to the next one. And as long as he maintains this energy, this positive energy, as long as he's broadcasting a positive energy, he begins to attract to himself more positive women. He must not fall into the trap of letting the past dictate how he views women. When he walks into the supermarket and sees an attractive woman, he cannot automatically assume that she is going to react to him the way other attractive women have rejected him. He cannot assume that the woman he sees at, in line is going to have the same attitude to him, the same negative attitude to him that his mother had. He must assume that there are women out here who are productive, harmonious, and favorable who will validate him. And the only way he's going to attract them is by continuing to maintain this positive broadcast. Eventually they will come. The next thing is the man has to begin to awaken his masculine energy, his healer, his warrior, his hunter, his eagle, and bring these energies out of his dormant DNA in active online. So the man has to go through second puberty and go back and correct the problems of puberty. The, the four things that mess up the man are bad relationship with his mother, no acceptance from the alpha females when he was a teenager, lack of sovereignty in society, 
and trauma and other negative in, in situations from his peer group. These things scar the man. So he, but he cannot allow this to dictate what his future is going to be. So he has to go through second puberty and correct the subconscious program. Then the man has to do dream therapy, just as we talked about with the woman. He's got to be careful what he does for that last hour before he goes to sleep. Orgasms are a way that the man heals himself and his prostate. Good orgasms heal the woman and her fibroids. Good orgasms heal the man and his prostate. So he needs to find women so that his sexual experience with them, they are validating him in the bedroom so that his orgasms are full and pleasing to him and the energy of orgasm helps to heal him. Marvin Gaye had it right when he said sexual healing. Then, of course, the man has got to do the same thing the woman's got to do to heal his prostate in terms of the water intake and getting it into his cells, the proper amino acid balance, proper brain chemistry, doing the meditation, and all of the things we talked about for the woman's do. Except, of course, he is trying to cultivate his testosterone, whereas the woman is trying to cultivate her estrogen. He is trying to uh, control and maintain his estradiol steroids to reduce them to what is the level that is natural to him, which is usually one-tenth of where most men are. He must eliminate corn syrup and sugar from his diet to some extent or reduce them in such things as corn, uh, meats that have been adulterated with hormones and pesticides, and foods that contain uh, too many preservatives and pesticides and too many uh, uh, genetically modified seeds and processes so that in all of these ways, the man then builds up his prostate by his diet and water and by his energy dynamic so that his prostate becomes stronger, his performance in the bedroom improves, and then he is able to carry the tantra energy. I'm going to stop there for a moment and turn it back over to the coach, and we can take some questions, or I can, there's more that we can talk about with male erectile function. Mm, 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 you're in real form tonight. I know when they don't be when they don't raise their hands, they everybody's everybody's frozen. Nobody's moving. They're taking notes. The chat room is you know pretty live tonight, but everything is just flowing. And that inner, I'm just enjoying the show. I'm not gonna be greedy tonight. I got two hands up. Let me get to the first one. Oh, what happened to the six seven eight? Six seven eight. You can press one again. We thought I was gonna come get to you. Okay. Call up from the six seven eight three five eight. Your mic is open. Can I'm, I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Hi, how you doing? I'm Abinah calling from Texas. And you? um thank you. I think I saw this on Facebook somewhere. Somebody had posted uh um this show. But um thank you. Thank you, um, Coach Kair and Brother Yao. I actually had a question on babies. Um, I'm a doula, and I've been noticing that a lot of babies are having um, reproductive issues. So I wanted to know, like, what could 
what could what could be done preventative and what could be done after the fact because um I'm noticing undescended testicles in the boys and in the girls, um, the vagina closing up, something like that. So, um I, I want you to kind of please speak on that. What can you do to help that situation for parents that are going through that? Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go first on that one. I would. I'm gonna always recommend um, where the solution is at with Doctor Nardi uh, over at Symptometry. His phone number is seven zero eight. Oh, I'm not even ready. Oh my god. Yeah, gosh. you asked for a solution. This is what this original made a radio. I, yeah, I didn't yeah. know it was going to be phone numbers, though. I, I was thought it was going to be, okay. Um, yeah, you don't have the education to do it yourself, so I'm sending you to yeah. where the education is at. Okay. And then I'm going to give you a program. Even if I would have started telling you and not a phone number, you can't remember it. Come on. Right. Okay. It's our first night. It's our first night. We're going to give you a break. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I thought if it was something I missed, I would uh, just go back to it. But, yes, okay, I'm I'm getting a pen and paper here. Oh, gosh, I don't want to hold you up. You can go ahead and continue to talk. I'm just trying to find a pen here. Hey, 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 stay in the – we appreciate it. But, you know, we're talking about the babies. And my, I know. Everything we're talking about got something to do with the children because – um, because adults are so hard-headed, and like y'all said, they have been inheriting these DNA cocktails that's full of bullshit, full of the mama mm-hmm. stress, full of the daddy stress, full of and and you just came in and validated all of it by your statement. Mm-hmm. You know I'm why ready. is a child being born where his testicles not descending or the vagina's closing up? Look at the mama. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. What was she doing? What was you know what was going on during conception? Those whole nine months, but we call that pregnancy management. They had poor pregnancy oh, management, okay. and it also goes to show you that Western medicine medicine continuously fails. But also, yeah. what we think we know um, by a vegetarian diet or alkaline this and uh-huh. something like it, it's got to be balanced. It's got to be balanced, yeah. and so we can't be so dogmatic. Okay. Yeah. So. The phone number is seven zero eight six nine one four nine seven seven. And 708. if you go over to Symptometry Books, S Y M P T O M E T R Y Books dot com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and we uh-huh. had a show on pregnancy management. Which was number twelve. Oh, Pregnancy thank management you. before, during, and after. We had a tantric doula on as on the on the panel. Doctor Nardi was there. Um, homeopathic doctor. Well, he's graduated in homeopathic medicine. We have a uh, Chinese medicine and natural a, a natural uh, medicine doctor on on staff. We strapped oh. over here. So it's just time for you to run into the information. And that was 12 shows ago. That was three months ago we did that. Okay. Okay. So give Dr. Nardi a call and um, tell him everything because he's going to want to know about the parents. He's going to want to know about the child, the situation, and all of that. And uh, I'm going to turn it back over to Yao. Thank you. It's an excellent question. First and foremost, um, in this society, 
and 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 it's been the same. It's it's been the case for like a thousand years. Mm-hmm. Women are not carrying babies properly. Mm. The first step in what has to happen is well. Before I get to that, let's just talk about what pregnancy is. Mm-hmm. So, in order for the the ideal pregnancy to occur, the woman should carry the baby for one year. Mm-hmm. In other words, ideally, in an ideal society, a woman should get pregnant and she should carry the baby for one year before she delivers. Now, mm. what happens if this if this occurs is that the entire astrological zodiac influences that child in the womb before it comes out to give it a complete energy cocktail. Wow. And so to do that for the last two months, the woman needs to be catered to while she's pregnant, and she needs Mm. energy help from her community of doulas and priestesses and and other other elder women so that the last two months she's not really going to be able to do very much Mm-hmm. But if she carries a child to 12 months, that child will come out and it will be advanced. Mm-hmm. And women haven't been able to do this for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So my mother carried me for 10 plus months. And the reason was she she was pregnant with my older brother and she carried him for less than nine months. He was born and later on developed a disease and died when he was about two years old. And because Mm. he died so young, and my mother was so struck by this, as well as some miscarriages she had before that, she Mm -hmm. took extra special care of her diet and her environment, and my father took extra special care of her while she was pregnant with me. They told her when she reached nine months to induce labor, and my mother refused. She said... I'm not having this baby till it's ready. And mm-hmm. I was like chilling up in the womb, and I was mm-hmm. 10 months plus two weeks before I decided to come forward. Now, why can't women carry babies 12 months or even nine months? Because they don't have the level of natal cheese. So in order to have the high level of natal cheese, you've got to live a certain type of lifestyle. You've got to be eating right, doing your qigong, doing your yoga, doing your tantric sex and all of this stuff to get your chi up. And who's responsible for that? The Mm. men. So the men in society, if the women allow it, supposed to be protecting these women so that when she gets, she doesn't get molested. The men supposed to be protecting these girls so that they have a good sexual experience in the beginning. The men are supposed mm. to be looking out for the women in the community so that when she's old enough to have a child, she goes through the life of passage and understands what to do. And so that when she becomes an adult and she is expected that she's going to have children, she should have a house. She mm-hmm. should know where she's going to live, and the community mm-hmm. of women should come to her support so that when a woman has a child, it's too much for one person to do. Yes. It's just... Having a baby is a big deal, and you can't expect one woman to do that. Therefore, we we should not be selling houses to women. 
Mm. We should be building houses and making sure that the woman has enough money to buy one by the time she's 21, 22, 23. Or even better, we've got six or seven houses in the family that's been there for 50 years, and when Aunt Susie dies, we take over her house because she was 90, and then we give the house or we sell it at a reduced price to Mary Jane, who just turned 21, and just got pregnant, so that mm-hmm. she's not worried about making a house payment or a rent payment every month, but that she knows mm-hmm. she's going to be able to live someplace and feed her kids and not be stressed out about that. Mm-hmm. So the T energy comes to, into to play. The men make sure that the women's key is high. That's the mm-hmm. man's job, to make sure that the woman's getting the exercise, the chi gone. The, the, the yoga, and she's walking on the earth, and she's mm-hmm. not out working at a job that's going to stress her the hell out and keep mm-hmm. her in the left brain. Mm-hmm. So these women are out here going to work every day in some crazy butt jobs where crazy stuff is happening, where there's crazy kinds of energy. Women don't need to be subjected to that. Men, mm-hmm. men are running around giving women Bad womb imprints. Now, mm. of course, these are usually young boys, 15, 16, 17, who don't know any better or don't care. And I can't say too much because when I was that age, I was trying to get me some pussy too. Mm. <laughs> when, I, when I was 16, all I was thinking about, you know, is all the big booty girls in the classroom. My dick stayed hard half the time. And I couldn't hardly think for wanting to get me some pussy. Your passcode, then press pound. Hello? Are we still on? Yeah, yeah we're yes. still here. Okay, I, I heard something. Anyway, so now men are in charge of keeping women chi energy high. That's the first step. So today, if the woman is going to get pregnant, if she wants to get pregnant, she, before she gets pregnant, she calls Coach Tiger up and she says, I want to learn about relaxation is the key. I want to learn how to relax and breathe. Then she calls Master Yaw and says, look, I want to learn how to get my womb imprint erased so I can start fresh. And she starts building up her chi by doing Tai Chi, Chi Gung, martial arts, whatever, yoga. And there's plenty of people out here teaching this stuff so that she can get her chi up and eating right so that by the time she gets pregnant, if she hasn't done these things, it's tough. Now, here's the other thing. Here's the other key thing that they can do as a doula, as a midwife. Uh You must learn about the rites of passage rituals. The first rites of passage ritual is called the birthing way ritual, and you do it before the child is born. So at about the sixth month, the ritual is done, and what what (laughs) happens is the priests gather around the woman, and they invoke an ancestor spirit and a deity spirit, and these spirits speak to the priest who possess them, and the ancestor that's invoked 
is the ancestor who will be this unborn child's ancestor God. That ancestor mm. comes, possesses the priest, and tells the mother-to-be everything she needs to know about the child. That is the first rite of passage ritual. You have it before you're born. It's mm. called the birthing way ritual. And very, very few people are doing it anymore. Even in the indigenous cultures, they've forgotten how. Mm-hmm. So the ancestor of that child, the child's not even born yet, but the ancestor comes and tells you every. It tells you about the child's past life. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what allergies the child's going to have? What their blood type is going to be? What their bronchial type is going to be? What problems to look for? And what to do to keep all of this from happening before the child is born, so that during labor, you have a smooth labor, and the child comes out healthy. Because a lot of these problems that you're talking about can uh-huh. be prevented if we know the specifics. And sometimes uh-huh. it's a matter of two things. The, 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 the brain of the developing fetus does not get the nutrients it needs. Now, uh-huh. in this regard, you know, Dr. Nardi and the symptometry crew can help a uh-huh. lot. Uh-huh. They can tell you some of the stuff that the mother needs to do to correct nutritional deficiencies in her body, and this goes to the blood. Because uh-huh. what, what's really feeding all of this is the blood of the mother. Oh. And if it's filled with impurities, how do we expect the uh-huh. embryos to properly develop? Wow. So there are so many things that can be done. I mean... The birthing way ritual is just like the ball. It's like mm-hmm. I just say, don't leave home without it. Don't have a baby without mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, we are in this place where we think we just got to go through this the old-fashioned way, but that's the slave mentality. We need mm-hmm. to use these mechanisms. They were doing these rituals a 1,000 years ago, a 100 years ago, 300 years ago, to a much greater extent than they are today. Now there's just a handful of people doing them. But this stuff is, like, critical. You can't, you can't manage an unborn child without doing this stuff. You, you, a mother trying to just get pregnant, have a baby, and keep on getting up, that just doesn't work. She mm-hmm. cannot do it by herself. Mm-hmm. You should have a doula, a midwife, mm-hmm. and an mm-hmm. alternative ND throughout mm-hmm. the entire process, but before she gets pregnant, she needs a master y'all, she needs a coach carrier, she needs an mm-hmm. insurance company that's going mm-hmm. to pay them. Okay. They need to be paid and not no nickel and dime. They need to be paid enough so that they're going to mm-hmm. pay enough attention to her mm-hmm. and spend enough time with her so that before she becomes pregnant, her chi energy and her health is high. If you've wow. got fibroids, one of the, the second biggest reasons why women have issues during pregnancy is fibroids and inflammation mm-hmm. in the womb. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all of this stuff is no big mystery. It's straightforward, simple stuff. And we just got to do it. 
but it requires a community of people that's really not following the herd, who's willing to, you know, go against the grain, rile some opinions up. Some people are going to talk about you bad for doing some of this stuff, but mm-hmm. if you don't, if you don't do it, then you're going to have children with six fingers and no penis, or at least not a regular one. Mm-hmm. We we got I mean we got people born we got kids being born at five months, six months, seven months. Mm. They didn't have a they, they didn't have a chance to develop fully. Right. You need at least nine months, and nine months is like the standard now because we are so depleted as a race as a human race. But we mm. should be going ten, eleven months. We should be going 10 to 11 months on a regular basis carrying the baby. Therefore, you know, I recommend that women wait until they're older, mm-hmm. wait till they're more mature, mm-hmm. and that they surround themselves with men who validate them. If you're mm-hmm. running out here as a young girl with mm-hmm. all of these people that you think is part of this cool, cool, because they're doing all this crazy crap, then your kid is going to be born the way it's going to be born. The woman needs to stop just looking for men who um, are acting stupid and start seeking out groups of men who are going to validate her in a natural way and support her after she becomes pregnant. So, I mean, most women today... They're so busy invalidating men by the time mm. they get pregnant, there's no community of men around them to validate her. Mm. Duh. And I blame men as well because here's the thing. When you get old, when a man gets to be 90, if he hasn't looked out for these kids, this next generation, they're going to stick his butt in a home someplace where people are going to abuse him, but he's going to be filled with dead swords, and he's not going to get any respect. So the men got to wake up to this dynamic, too. You know, you can't just be letting women just have kids willy-nilly. Men got to start thinking that if a woman's pregnant, that's part of my responsibility, whether it's my child or not. Because to, to just say, well, uh, okay, she's pregnant, it's she she made that choice, and I ain't got nothing to do with it. It's crazy. I'm not saying that, you know, if a woman's trying to stick you with a child because she she's trying to rope you into, you know, 18 years of alimony payment. I'm not saying that man should stand up for that. But I'm saying as a commu- as a community of men, if if a woman who's been in your community, who's been in your corner who's validated you, gets pregnant, you know, where she's taking some responsibility for it, and the man consents to her getting pregnant, then the community of men should rally around her. Now, I know I'm speaking utopian. I know that's not the situation that exists today, because I can tell you myself in most cases where women around me got pregnant, it was not a good situation. I mean, because women can get vicious. And the reality that most men say today is that if a woman gets pregnant, 
and you're somehow responsible or can be made to look responsible, they can take the kid from you legally, and the court will force you to give up the kid. And not only will your kid be taken away from you, but you will have to pay out of your nose for the rest of that, for the first 18 years of your life, and the women can blackmail you with the child. And that's what a lot of women are doing. But Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that that has to be the reality of all women. It doesn't mean that it has to be the reality of all men. Right now, we need to seek out the exceptions. That's what I have to say about that. Okay. Thank you. Ah, everybody, we can just breathe. Like you said, get over the relaxation is the key. Yeah, you just dropped a jewel because I'm in the midst of um, redoing relaxation is the key. And just like just going, I used to I, I used to want to go real corporate because of the thing that you just said about they should get paid. You know what I'm saying? We should get paid, but people don't want to pay people who would show them how to relax that could save you twelve hundred dollars, two thousand dollars on a on an emergency room trip in the ambulance. They don't think about that. They think about, oh no, you should do it for free because it's really, you know, you don't, you're not a doctor. Yeah, but the doctor, all he does is shout at you. He shouts at you and says, "Relax, relax." And then you, then you're like, "How? I don't know what that means. What, what do I do? You know?" But it's an art to it. It's an art to it. So that particular thing, I'm really on, on that. So thanks a lot, y'all. And one other thing I wanted to add was. The mindset. I'm not. I'm not into like blaming somebody else. It ain't no. Everybody's a co-creator and co-contributing to this foolishness that's going on today. And as I'm talking, the flame just grew over there on my altar. So my grandma must be listening, or those 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 deities over there, because that thing just. I've been sitting there all day and it ain't crunk and it just crunk. But I guess it must be. They know what I'm getting ready to say. Women have to change. Everybody's got to do their mind, their part. You know, you, you men, you're not studying astrology. You ain't studying Qigong like y'all said. Your ass is lazy. You're over here popping pills to get your dick hard, so you're so, so you substituting real lessons. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. When you need it, if it's an enhancement to what you already got, I'm cool with that. But if you're not doing none of the study or anything like that, then I got a real problem with you because you're not contributing to the health and wellness, the optimal health and wellness of these babies. And what y'all said about the um, about the babies being carried to 12 months, he just had me rocking in my seat. Uh, there's a book called The Zodiac and the Salts of Salvation, Part 1. The Zodiac and the Salts of Salvation. Those three months that we that that children are missing from being in the womb for completing those zodiac signs, they're missing the energies and the salts of that zodiac. So mm-hmm. when's your birth? Um, when's your birthday? Mine. Yes. I'm born July thirty first. So you are you are a Leo, but you missed, uh-huh. but you were not in the womb. During the Virgo season, you were mm-hmm. not in the womb during the uh, Libra season, and you were not in the womb during the Scorpio season. So you missed mm-hmm. those 90 days of nurturing. Mm-hmm. And each one of those 90 days is governed by a salt in the body. 
So as a doula, the fastest thing you can do is let these women know, as soon as that baby pop out there at nine months, you find the salt for the next three months and let the mother start ingesting those because that's how the baby's going to get it, is through the breastfeeding. So mm-hmm. let her stop ingesting those salts into her body. You tell her don't put a perm in your hair because that brings in chemicals. Well, some chemicals are called good chemicals, and the baby didn't get those. And the baby's um, malnutrient of those of those particular things. So, as a doula, look, and this is this the part I'm having a damn soapbox moment here about the so-called conscious community and all these smart-ass Negroes from so-called Kemet and this other stuff bashing white people. You couldn't be a doctor in ancient Greece if you didn't know astrology. Mm. You couldn't even be no doula. You couldn't even walk through the door. If you couldn't rattle the 12 zodiacs down, the positions, the decadence, all of that, you couldn't even walk through there. So for me, I tell people to stop thumping your chest. Stop thumping your chest unless you're real official. You see, that Yow's on here because he's real official. Ten and a half months in the womb, good gracious, that's what I'm talking about. His mom, and, and the women got to stop living in fear. Now, that's on the men. Don't let your woman, don't let your woman be getting caught up all in the fear. I be wanting to slap niggas in the face and do all kind of other stuff, you know what I'm saying? But it's still a two-sided, it's still a two-sided uh, coin, too, because the woman is refusing to let him be a man because she bought the idea of I can, I got to be the man and the woman. I got to be the man. Who, who in the hell started that? Mm. I want to just ride up on them and just put some quarters in a sock and just bust them in their face. I'm not. I'm, I'm not interested in negotiating with nobody who poison in the community. Oh, you shouldn't have put all that poison in that water. Oh, that's just a terrible thing. Apologize. No, make an example of them because y'all repeating that and believe it like it's golden, like it's golden, like it's cool. Okay, well they got to induce labor now. It's been nine months. I thought you was into. I thought you knew your history. What what are we studying? Jewel, Jewel Pookum came on my Illuminati money last night and said, how can you sleep at night knowing that you're only using 10% of your brain? How can you even sleep at night knowing you're using less than 50% of your brain? You can go to sleep. You can have a child and send them to college and say, go, go. I need your education to be You have to get good grades so I can send you to college. For what? So he can come out at 22 with $80,000 of debt hanging over his head? That in less, in, in less than 10 years is going to double, we don't have a balanced brain. But it, it must start with the woman because she's the first teacher. The women talking about the what, it, what about him, what about him, she ain't going to make it. And y'all, got to start, and y'all got to start G-checking some of your own sisters. If you go back in the archive, that's like our second show. If a woman ain't going to G-check another woman, then we ain't going nowhere. We ain't going nowhere, and all of y'all might as well go over there and piss on Elijah Muhammad's grave, cause he told the truth. He ain't, ain't ain't nothing happening no higher than what the woman is rising. So all these women begging, oh these we running back to goddesshood. You men should support us. Well, y'all should stop lying and and, and start g checking these females out here who down poison in the water. But then you tell me to keep my hands off of them. Well, when you. I'm standing up. You got me standing up and excited with what you just said. Yeah. I, 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 I jumped up out of my seat. I'm pacing the floor now because I'm anxious to say three things. Get it. Get it. Take, take it. You got it. Now, these women 
you know, got talent. But what are they really doing that's sustainable? Now, so, let, me ask, let, me, let, me, let me bring this thing on home. Okay. We got hundreds of thousands of competent black women out here. And we got people out here who know these things. We've got doulas and midwives and men like Kyrie are out here. We're bringing this knowledge. So where is, is the movement amongst women, amongst your black sisters, to start and operate insurance companies that are going to pay these people? So when we try to get a brother Kyrie to, 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 to work with a woman for a year, before she gets pregnant, we need an insurance company that's going to pay it. And so why, we need about 2,000 black women get together, fund it, get the charter, get the regulatory hurdles done, and set up some insurance companies, fight these politicians, and get some laws passed so that they can operate free and have some insurance companies that will pay us for post, I mean, for prenatal care. And what I'm, what I'm, I'm talking about preconception care. Because don't wait until you're pregnant. Have this thing set up so that when the woman gets to be a certain age, it's like college scholarship. So we give a scholarship, a $10,000 scholarship for a woman to go to college. Then she gets pregnant, has a baby, and ain't nobody giving a dime. So let's set up scholarships, insurance companies, whatever. Let's see some women get together and set up some insurance companies that's going to pay these people to set these women up so that they can get pregnant and be healthy. That's the first thing. Number two, generational curses. Mm. So everybody's talking about slavery, and everybody's talking about all of this conscious crap. Well, white people did this and white people did that. Well, you know, in Egypt, in your ancient Kemet, black people enslaved Europeans for almost 600 years. They went up across the Mediterranean, knocked some white people in the head, dragged them back to Egypt, and, and enslaved them, forced labor. They did this in Africa for years. They did this, even the Europeans enslaved themselves. The Nordics came across there, enslaved the people, took them back. So in slavery, what happened is that we, the races mixed. So now we have a situation where a lot of black people are experiencing self-hatred, and a lot of white people are experiencing self-hatred. We have Japanese people who are in the United States and Chinese people who are working on the railroads and all that, and they were not validated. White people gave them hell. And as a consequence of that, they developed situations that I call generational curses. In other words, the family got to a place where they broke with tradition, and one person in that family cursed another. Sometimes these were actual curses that the person came out of their mouth. But what normally it is is that the family broke apart and one or two family members did everything they could to wreck the lives of other family members. And, and, and oftentimes this resulted in 
rapes, incest, and all kinds of other stuff where mothers, when they became pregnant, were sent away. You've got to go down south for two years and have that baby because we cannot have you up here embarrassing our families by getting pregnant. You're 16 and unmarried. You're not going to tolerate it. So when these things happen, oftentimes it sets up a negative energy that is passed down from one generation to the next. It's very prominent in the immigrant populations, the Irish, the Asians, the Native Americans, which are not immigrant but still, and also with African Americans. So you've got African Americans with white blood in the mix, Native American blood, all kinds of other stuff, and then two or three different African tribal lineages, and these things don't always mix. And then when people go through traumatic experiences like war, World War One, slavery, stuff like that, or everything that happened during the Jim Crow Klan era where men were hung, drama and trauma unfolds in the family, and families begin to become cursed. What do I mean by curse is I mean that an energy was created, a negative, demonic type of an energy was created, directed at certain people in a family for something that happened, and it gets carried from mother in the, in the female line, from, grand, from great-grandmother to grandmother to mother to daughter. And women are still carrying some of these energies that go back two, three, four, five generations. So that this also affects the child when it's born. Because this energy is hoovering over the mother and messing with the child. And until this energy is dispersed, we have a problem. So uh, I don't want to get too deep into this subject because it's complicated. But I just want to say that in these families today, a big problem there's two things, religion and sexual outlook. Here's what I mean. We put stigmas on people because they get pregnant and they weren't married. We get stigmas on people because uh, someone was raped and had a baby. We put stigmas on people because um, uh, the child was born dark-skinned and the father was white. We put stigmas on people because... The father of the child was white, and the mother was black, and the father didn't have anything to do with the child. We put stigmas on people for all of this stuff, and at some point in time, we need to remove these stigmas. We need to remove these negative energies. We need to remove these generational curses and stop this energy from being passed on. Take it a step further now. I want to mention a brother who lives in Baltimore. His name is Halim, Halim Abdul. And Halim has been working to deal with his own issues, and he's been working to help other people around him deal with their issues. And he's done it in a lot of ways where he's, he's, he's disseminated knowledge. I know he's taken my books and, and helped people buy them and do other things like that. And he's come up with all kinds of products, whatever he, you know, was available to him, and he takes it around his community as a hustle, 
He sells men products to help them with their erectile issues. He sells women products to help them with their stuff. He sells beet juice and all kinds of nutritional products. Uh, I think his website is uh, qualityheartbeats.com, and beets is spelled like the vegetable, B-E-E-T-S. But there are people like this in our community who are trying to help us with these sexual issues, with these birth issues. So we have to support these people. So where are the businesses that are set up to finance these things? Where are the groups of men setting up capital investment companies to finance these businesses that are not profit-oriented? They may be for profit companies, but instead of them being created solely to make a profit, they're created to support socially advantageous firms so that we take this brother who's out here doing this as a hustle and we properly fund him so that what he's doing, and we say we look at it, we observe it, we say this is, this is a good thing what he's doing, and maybe he's just hustling with it, and instead of a young brother being out here selling drugs, we give him an opportunity to sell something to the community that can do some good. And some of these businesses, maybe, if you don't have $100,000 capital to start it and to market it properly, it's going to fail. But we need to, instead of just investing our money in new cars and the latest cell phone and all this other stuff, some of these men need to come together, put some of their change together, and fund some of these businesses. Give them the expertise so that they can be profitable, so that they can operate properly, pay their taxes properly, and, 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 and do their financial statements, and follow all the government regulations, and get to a place where these things can be productive. So three things. We need insurance companies that will help women before they get pregnant. We need to locate these people in our community who are trying to do these little grassroots entrepreneurial projects that actually help people. We need to look at these generational curses that are affecting pregnancy and affecting the unborn child and have mechanisms in place, clubs, organizations, or whatever. Because here's the thing. If you have a family with six brothers and sisters, one is a, a Baptist, one is Methodist, and one is uh, Pentecostal, and one is uh, uh, Catholic, whatever, there is a tendency for strife. And we need to stop that. We need to stop that. We need to find a mechanism to work through those types of things. When we see families that are broken apart because somebody got pregnant, and it wasn't the best scenario. It's done. Get over it. You try to prevent these things from happening, but if, if somebody has a baby out of rape, incest, or they married out of their race, or they fell in love with somebody who is no good and whatever, you cannot hold this against the person for 10 years and punish them for 10 years because you're punishing the child. So... That's my comment on it. I turn it back over to you, Tyrus. All right. 
Thank you so much, Abena. You came in here and was like, look here. Look at what you got rolled up. So we thank you for coming on tonight. Appreciate it. Hello, Abena? Thank you. Thank you. I'm here. I had the phone on uh, mute. I had to do some dishes. Yeah. And my last and my last thing about uh prenatal care and uh-huh. and, and postnatal care is tell uh-huh. them women to get that chart done. I I do fifty percent off oh. for all children. I do fifty percent off anything, any service I got for you hard headed adults. You know what I'm saying? Quit trying to guide this child on what you think you knew. You don't know nothing. You know what I'm saying? The older you get, the more you forget. Child got it all. You know? So, you know, Proverbs 3, 5, lean not. Tell the mama that Kaya said, Proverbs 3, 5, lean not on your own understanding. That's an astrological quote. Ask these Hindus why they, why they um divorce rate is less than 5%. Oh. Yeah, take that back. Run tell that. Oh. Run tell that. The divorce rate over here is 85% in the black community because niggas don't know the stars. Y'all don't know the stars. Women women go by what they hear because y'all caught up with the romantic period. Be, say, say something poetic. And the, and the nigga who slick get you. But his astrological chart fucks yours up, calls you to have a miscarriage or go get an abortion. That's oh. His Mars falls in your fifth house. How do you know? You know that man's if that man Mars falls in your fifth house, then that baby is going in the ground before you. Period. What you oh. Mars in the twelfth house means somebody may be susceptible to rape or sexual molestation. You gonna walk around and not have that information about your child? Oh, I'm, I'm tired of playing with y'all. I'm walking around too, y'all. I got the gloves off and the whole nine. Now this ain't coming to you, Abina, but you the but you the portal. You a doula. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You see what I'm saying? So this is a part of the G check. Mm-hmm. So, what? you know, let them know. That's and if you want to, me and you will put something together, and we'll do a show just about that. You know what I'm saying? So my number is 336-587-1215. Y'all lucky y'all get y'all. Y'all lucky y'all get y'all. Let me get five shows that's all about children every day of the week, and y'all be looking for some space. I'm about these babies. I'll tell you, where is the legislation support and finance jewelers and midwives. That's another show. Hold on, y'all. We got two more callers and we ain't got the 10 minutes. And you know you long-winded. So hold on. That's a, oh, Thank you for that show, though. That, look, look, look. Doulas and midwives. <laughs> Write it down right now. It don't take long for me to get a show topic now. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Abin. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Peace. Let me get over. And, and, and y'all... Over there in the zone, you so psychic. Um, and I remember I met the brother when I was in Baltimore. You know, what I'm saying who had the um, who had the enhancements and the natural natural remedies for the people in the streets. You know, and I got a brother just like that in North Carolina. And where's his support at? He should have a whole shop with no with free rent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let me bring my homeboy on. This is Mister Make It Happen. Y'all put y'all hands together for Mister Make It Happen. Oh, oh, What's going on, Coach? Peace, peace. Master Yao, peace. How you doing, sir? Thank you. Oh, man. I'm I'll tell you. Excellent. Man, man, I, I tell you, man, right now I'm so charged up. You feel what I'm saying? Like, like I really like the piece that you did on prostate because um, the one thing I, I like to talk to men about is prostate health, especially black men have high issues, uh, high rates of prostate cancer. 
the prostate issues. Um, my product helps nurse a man's prostate, but also I, I want to ask you a question about, about of course, you know, thinking positive thoughts, but also about how how important is water before we before we go to bed as men? Uh, you got three I, minutes, y'all. You got three minutes. It's, it's, you know, what they tell you in some of the secret societies is that right before you go to bed, if you're going to do your spiritual work, take a glass of pure, good alkaline water, put it in your hands and breathe properly, breathe on the water and drink it. And that it's, it's one of the best things that you can do to energize yourself electronically. Okay. And so, I mean, water before you go to bed is the kind of water that you drink is critical, that you dehydrated at night. It's just absolutely critical. Now, you know, what is semen? What is semen? Semen is made of water and arginine amino acids and a few other little things thrown in there. But that's what semen is. So your body is 70 80% water. And your reproductive hormones and stuff like that is even higher percentage of water. If the quality of water is not good, how can the quality of your hormones be good? Mm. Mm. <laughs> bong, bong. <laughs> bong. You run the gong on that one right there and hit him in the head. And I say, I, I, I know, brother, you know, like, 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 like this is my second show tuning in. I, I, I take high early. I was like, like this, this is like the best show ever. You know, say Kaya is being one of my mentors, actually being my mentor here on Blog Talk Radio, and in life, period. Um, like this show here is is so key. Like this is what I needed to hear tonight. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care what I was doing tonight. I wanted to make sure to tune into this show. I didn't know why, but my spirit knew why. So thank you. Thank you. Hey, we want to thank you too, man, for for uh, doing your part out here saving lives. You know what I'm saying? Educating brothers on natural remedies and natural products, and then not just sitting on it like it's a money maker, but you actually know your stuff. Like when it came to you, it might have been a money maker, but you done turned it into a life's passion. And I'm and I want to make sure everybody get up on their feet, get up on their hands. Man's website. If you want to catch him on Blog Talk Radio, MrMakeItHappen dot com. No, no, but no, if you Mr. want to check happen. him out and no. some of his products, BlackHealths dot com. H e f f. BlackHealths with an S. And don't you got the pink health too? Yeah, I got the pink health for the ladies as well. But of course, the radio show is MrMakeItHappen Radio dot com. You know, what I'm saying thanks, Coach, for that one. But, but yeah, pardon no self, pardon self. Yeah. Yeah, blackhealth.com and pinkhealth.com. Like it's a movement, everybody. It's a movement to education, and 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 not only to gaining wealth, but helping helping men and women uh, be healthier, um, you know, sexually, because you know, and, and and mentally as well as far as physically. So um, y'all 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 go support my movement. Like Black Health on Facebook. Like Pink Health on Facebook. Follow Black Health on Twitter. And pink hats on Twitter, you know what I'm saying? And then put some, you know, donate, donate, donate to this movement, you know what I'm saying? You know, put some champagne in your campaign and pay like your way, and, and order you some black hats, some pink hats, and try it out. See how how it. it I like the one thing that I learned is when I was in LA was 
new saying is black health is not a black and pink health is not an enhancement. It's an experience. Yeah. Get your weight up, folks. Get your weight up. This is a dream come true. All right, big brother. I appreciate you and love you. I love you too, God. Thank All right, you so peace. Much, Thank you. Last caller. Caller from the 229-444. Your mic is open. What's going on, God? Peace. How y'all doing tonight, Coach? Master Yow. All is well, brother. Thank you. I, I didn't really have a question. I just wanted to... Uh, Pass on a big thank you to Master Yao. I was at the event this past weekend. Are you coming to rub it in? Here we go, Yao. One of the more, one of the most super students of yours down there with all the ladies. Got everybody healing everybody. He want to call in on the show and just, Kaya, you missed it. Go ahead, hit me with it, Phil. Go ahead, let me know what I missed. I want to hear it. Awesome. I, you know, the, like I said, the reason, main reason I'm calling in because this uh, thing that I had come through. And let me know, you know, exactly, I guess, where I need to go with what I need to do. And, you know, I'm, I'm still still trying to put all of it together. So I know Master Yaw was trying to extract every little bit of my bad character out of me on Saturday night. <laughs> but uh, it's, it, 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 it's, it's coming. It's coming. So I'm looking forward to the next 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 meetup week from now, all, all for it, all in. I mean, you know what, Kyrie? <laughs> I don't understand, brother. See, Phil is slick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I know. You, uh, uh, snitch on him, y'all. You got about a minute and a half. Go ahead and snitch on him. If you get up into classes, man, and it's nothing but cutie pies all around who are looking to be toxified, and Phil is up in the midst. And I don't know why the rest of the brothers are sleeping on him. I mean, these classes is usually, you know, at, at least twice as many women, sometimes three times as many men as, as men, and the men just sleeping on it, still not sleeping on it. So, we, you know, he gets to experiment on all the women in the class, and the women get to experiment on him. I told Phil we're going to use him. He's going to be the, he's going to be our male guinea pig for all of this stuff. And the women all laugh and everything, and they all, like, smile and look over at him. And it's like, you know, what more do you want? Don't forget about the, the young fella. You know, he, he he up and holding down for me. He says there's only two of us in the class. Yeah, he, he came through for us, too. That was great. And brought a whole other perspective, you know, a whole other age group up in that joint. But the right. men need to wake up and get with the program because it's like these women are getting tantrified. They're learning how to project their energy. And the men are, are behind. I don't know what to say. But Phil ain't sleeping on it. Phil looks like <laughs> he's trying to get everything he can get. <laughs> and I don't blame him, you know. But we, we went out Saturday night and had a great time, you know. I mean, we had all the women. And uh, I had my arms around two and talking a lot of mess. Of course, you know, they all know that I'm just messing around, but. We were we had us a good time just talking, laughing. We were out, sitting outside in the patio thing, you know, in front of the restaurant, just having a great time and talking about you know all of our experiences and stuff. It's beautiful. Thank you for calling, Phil. 